Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. A new poll has come out, and it should surprise no one. It shows that about half the country thinks that in their lifetime in the U.S. there will be a civil war, and that more than half of Democrats and Republicans believe America will cease to exist as a democracy. Now, I know it's a bit cliche. Tim Cast IRL, Tim Pool coming on saying civil war, he screams into the microphone. But there's a reason we're doing this, because today we're being joined by Dennis Prager. And we didn't want to just do the typical, like, here's the news, let's talk. We want to have a deeper conversation of the conflict happening in this country. What, what is currently going on around it? And we'll talk about a variety of issues as to why it's happening, potential solutions, and just have a deeper conversation than just jumping from story to story. So without further ado, joining us is Dennis Prager. Great to be with you. One of the reasons, aside obviously from being with you, I just want to note uh, that my son is a huge fan of yours and <laughs> for a good part of a year said, Dad, you've got to go on Tim Pool. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Glad to, uh, I'm honored and privileged to uh, to have you. It is an honor and a privilege to have you here. And I think it's going to be, even before the show started, I kept having to tell like Ian, like, calm down. Don't. Yeah. That's, so many questions. You're saying so much um, interesting and amazing things. It's going to be a really fun conversation. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We do have a bunch of news that will, will, will likely come up, of course, outside of just this poll. We have um, in, in this vein of civil war, I feel it's sev- 17 pregnancy centers have been firebombed. Correct. Yep. This is absolutely insane because this, this strikes the heart of what the actual goal of the establishment in the left is when it comes to abortion. It's certainly not helping underprivileged women have children. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into all this stuff as part of the larger conversation. We also got Luke Rudkowski. And it's only going to get more insane. Dennis, thank you so much for coming on. My name is Luke Rudkowski of WeAreChange.org. I am your humble t-shirt vendor. Today I have a visual representation of what's happening to the American people. It's a shirt that says that you will own nothing and be happy. And it has a representation of Klaus Schwab committing armed robbery against you. Uh, so if you like the t-shirt, you can get it on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. And because you do, I'm here. Thanks so much for having me. Shout out to things getting more insane. Uh, I want to show you guys. Someone sent this to me. Look at this. It's Jesus. This is crazy. Giant size cross That's so epic. Thank you for sending that out. And um, let's get rolling, Dennis, because I want to hear some more stuff. For those that live in New York City, if you go to Times Square, you can see a giant billboard with Ian on it. It's live. Back to back. Tim and Ian. Yeah. That's a pretty cool uh, look. Well, actually, it it cycles between me, Luke, and Michael Malice, and then always you. And then you're like on the billboard right next to it. Right. So it always like back. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dude, I'm looking forward to talking about communism, man. I didn't know until tonight that you had studied it so in depth. In depth, that was my field of study. And the sad part is, I never thought it would be relevant to America. I studied it in order to understand our enemy in the Cold War. So I studied Russian. I went to communist countries almost every year. And lo and behold, the the threat is very real in our country. I, I must admit, although I have a very somber view of mankind... I really did believe that this was the land of the free and the home of the brave forever. That free, this is the land of free speech. Why we got the Statue of Liberty. France didn't give it to Belgium or Germany or England or anybody else. We deserved it. I didn't think free speech would be threatened in America and it is. 
And that's the, that's the most important freedom. And that's the first thing that they suppress along with guns as it happens. Absolutely. We'll get into all that stuff. We got Lydia pressing the buttons. I am also here in the corner. That is where I like to push buttons. I'm stoked for tonight. It's going to be a great crossover episode. Dennis has so much to say and I'm thrilled to hear what it's, hear it all. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. At TimCast.com, you'll get exclusive members-only segments from this show. We put those up Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m., so we're going to have one of those up tonight. We also have a whole bunch of journalists, and as a member, you're helping support their work. And you'll also be supporting our infrastructure. As you know, we use Rumble infrastructure for the back end and for our video player so that we can be more resilient against censorship and actively defy Silicon Valley and the big tech censors. I know we're still on YouTube, but uh, don't worry. We are working on it actively behind the scenes. There's only so much we can do, but we do have some announcements coming soon. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We'll see how things play out. But for the meantime... Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's jump to this first story. Something interesting to kick off this greater conversation. The Daily Mail reports more than half of Democrats and Republicans believe America will cease to exist as a democracy, according to a new poll. They also go on to say the poll found the majority of Republicans, 52 percent, say that it's likely there will be a civil war in the U.S. in their lifetime while half of independents, 50%, and a plurality of Democrats, 46%, agree. The poll surveyed 1,541 adults and was conducted from June 10th, uh, uh, from June 10th, the day of the healing, uh, hearing, gen- gen- uh, the January 6th hearing, until June 13th. It also found Americans have largely given up on one another. So before the show, you know, we, we, we normally what we would do is we'd, we'd pull up like the biggest, most relevant story and issues around it. And uh, we, we decided we'd do something inverted, and we would talk with uh, Dennis Prager about what's going on, why people are experiencing this first from your point of view, and then have that actually lead into the news stories as opposed to the other way around. So this is not the first poll we've seen where people think civil war is coming. We also had a poll that came out, or I should say a survey that came out from the SPLC, whether you trust them or not. I'm not a big fan. But it showed that the younger generation is more likely to support political assassination and revolution. My view is... Once the older generation ages out, as it were, either leaves the political uh, the political fight altogether or passes on, the next generations are going to be increasingly more prone to violence, which ultimately will lead to civil war or violence. I'm curious as to your thoughts, why, pe- why you think people feel this way or what do you think has happened that's causing it? So let me give you an example. When I- and, and I don't know how this registers with you, because uh, I remember when I was a kid and I would hear uh, older people say, you know, when I was a kid, and I don't remember how I reacted. Either I re- reacted, oh, I'm very curious to know what it was like when you were a kid, or, gee, I've heard that before. Happy, but I'll take that risk. When I was a kid, there was one truly given in this country. You could say whatever you wanted. And I remember it because... I would play, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and we'd play stickball. I have no idea if you even know what stickball is. No, come on, you're not no, that old. <laughs> what, stickball? Oh, but, but, yeah, but, but, stickball. They, they called it baseball. No? Uh, sorry? They didn't call it baseball? Well, of course it was baseball, but oh. it was called stickball because you played with a stick. You, we we oh, didn't wow. have a bat in the street, We had a, and it was a rubber ball. What neighborhood oh, in oh. Brooklyn? Uh, Flatbush. Oh, nice. Anyway, where the Brooklyn Dodgers were. So anyway, uh, this is what would happen. Some kid would start screaming at another kid, and the other kid would go, oh, shut up. And then that kid would say, uh, I could say whatever I want. This is America. That was a common uh, rebuttal 
to anybody who said shut up. We said that when we were kids. Okay, so great. Even yeah. better. So that's yeah. even better. All right. Uh, that, is, that is no longer said by kids. Uh, you could say whatever you want. This is America has been shattered by the left. And I just want to make something clear because I'll use the term left fair, fair a number of times. I don't believe that left and liberal are the same. I have 32 differences in one column, differences between left and liberal. People could easily look it up. Uh, Dennis Prager, differences between left and liberal. I did a PragerU video on it in five minutes. I'll just give you one example. Uh, liberals believe in racial integration and leftists believe in racial segregation. Agreed. Okay. There's a, there's an all black dorm at Columbia where I went. There's an all black graduation at Columbia where I went. Uh, that, uh, there are only two groups who support all black dorms. Uh, leftists and the Ku Klux Klan. Mm. Just for the record, it's really important that people understand. Liberals don't support it and conservatives don't support it. So, uh, the, the, the ascendance of the left is the descent of, of all these freedoms, and that, that is the root of it. If they allowed us to be heard, we, we would not be confronting the possibility of civil war. We would change so many minds, but they, they make it almost impossible for us to be heard. And that, that is the great battle. That is why what, what the, what Google, YouTube, uh, Twitter, et cetera, what they have done, is is so injurious to the society. It's a revolution. Their 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 goal, as it was explained to me, is minimize the right just enough not to cause a splash, but to make them ineffective in politics. So you censor enough people so that the conversation will be sixty percent left and forty percent right, and then what happens is you give it time, and over time the right loses the argument because they've they've got no foot in the battle in the battlefield. And I'll give you another interesting thing that people don't reflect on. We ache to have them on our shows. We ache to debate them, but they won't debate us and they won't come on our shows and they won't us have us on their shows. I have offered tens of thousands of dollars to any left-wing columnist on the New York Times to debate me anywhere they want. They could choose the moderator. They could choose the audience mm-hmm. and serious money. Uh, uh, and that's 99% of the New York Times columnists are, are leftists. Maybe right. there are three that are not non-left. Uh, but they would never do it. I ache to debate them. Uh, 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 we, I would, I would raise $100,000 probably. I could probably raise that to have Tanahisi Coates or Ibram X. Kendi debate Larry Elder. Okay, it would end the career of Tanahisi Coates or Ibram and X. Kendi. And they know that. They would be regarded as the moral and intellectual frauds that they are. Yeah. Larry would wipe the floor with them. Uh, 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 I could give you five black intellectuals who would wipe the floor with them. Absolutely. That's the whole, that's, that's the key to their success is not enabling us to have an audience. But you see, it seems that they target what we would refer to as NPCs. Are you familiar with the term? No. Non-player characters, people who don't take an active role and don't care and just say, tell me what to believe and tell me how to fit in. So you take a look at – I'll give you the example I love to give. We can start with uh, the Trayvon Martin story, which was not true. Hands up, don't shoot. That was not true. Uh, Ahmed Arbery story, that was not true. Russiagate, Ukraine gate, Jussie Smollett. That Covington. the president said they were good Nazis, that they were fine Nazis. The launching of Joe Biden's campaign, not mm-hmm. true. And so when they come out and they say, we're the good guys, trust us, don't listen to them. And we come out and we say, please listen to everything they have to say and then have a conversation with us. The people who are interested in saying, I want to know for myself, 
They'll come and take a look and watch the video and say, oh, okay, Dennis is clearly right on those issues. They'll, the people who don't want to do that say, look, man, I just want to fit in. I'm going to do whatever they tell me. I think what we're seeing now is largely the separation is, I, I described this four years ago. I called it the uninitiated and the politically discerning. People who will look at a story and say, is that true? Let me check. And the people who say, I don't know, it's probably true. Media said it. Those people just blindly follow the narrative of the establishment media. They believe fake news every single time. I should say the overwhelming majority of them just believe whatever the TV says, even though it's proven wrong over and over again. And then you have the other side, which includes traditional liberals, libertarians, moderates, conservatives. Those are all right wing. What I, I facetiously say, what makes you right wing is knowing facts. Reality has a conservative bias. Stephen Colbert, he said that line, I'm sure you're familiar with, reality is a liberal bias, you know, 20 or so years ago. But now the issue is, if someone comes out and says, oh, did you know that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma and was receiving $83,000 a month and that Joe Biden intervened with a quid pro quo to withhold U.S. guaranteed aid to the government unless the government did him a favor to stop and uh, to fire this prosecutor? Just so happened the prosecutor was investigating the company where his son worked. If you say that you're right wing, regardless of your politics. So if you know the facts, you're right wing. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. A guy came over to me at an airport right before the uh, lockdowns. By the way, I, I, I hope you'll all adopt this. I never say before COVID. I say before lockdowns. Mm. Yeah. COVID is not the issue. It was right. the reaction. The destruction Correct. was the lockdowns. Anyway, so about a few months before the lockdowns at Philadelphia Airport, I recall well, a guy comes over to me, and uh, thank God people come over to me at every airport except Boston. Interestingly, yeah. I don't have any fans in Boston. But anyway, guy comes over to me, and, and I'm a heterosexual guy, so it's not often that I think, well, this guy's really good looking. This guy was really good looking. I'm six <laughs> foot four, not as good looking as this guy. This guy was six foot four, comes over with a minimal accent, minimal, and tells me, oh, I really love your work. And I go, where are you from? He goes, Norway. I said, oh, you watch PragerU in Norway? Oh, yeah, all the time. I go, really? You're a, you're a Norwegian conservative? Mm. And he said to me, this was priceless, apropos of what you just said. And he said... I don't, I don't know if I'm conservative. I just follow logic. <laughs> and I said, then you're conservative. That's how it goes these days. That, that is me, how it goes. Let me give a, a, a to, to, to reiterate my point. Um, here's a guy who just sees you tell the fact and says, interesting. And you would be in, in the United States. That's conservative. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. Uh, I, I would like to know what position I hold. That is not directed by morality and logic. I'd like to know one position that, that I hold. And I would probably drop it. If, if logic and morality do not dictate that position, I hereby announce I will drop it. I'll tell you, we had a, we had a fun time. We had a progressive on the show a couple weeks ago. And it was, uh, Seamus Coglin of Freedom Tunes, who's a, uh, he's a Catholic conservative, uh, pro-life. There's me 
which uh, I guess uh, disaffected liberal, post-liberal, whatever they call it, and, um, you know, moderately pro-choice. And then this progressive who was pro-abortion up to the point of birth or maybe beyond. And it was funny because Seamus backed off. He was just like, he, he let me, you know, and this guy have this discussion. And then eventually I said to him, I was like, this is the crazy thing. You know, I asked him, do you believe abortion should be uh, uh, the woman's choice up to the point of birth or should be allowed legal? And he said, woman's choice. And I was like, the woman is about to give birth to a baby at nine months gestation and the, the baby can be terminated, killed, ripped out. And he goes, woman's choice. And I'm like, okay, well, I come from a traditional liberal background where we're like, you know, maybe after the fetus is viable, you just save it. You don't have to kill it, right? And then I was like, but isn't it strange that I am a pro-choice liberal and you're calling me right wing and you're arguing for abortion to the point of birth? How is that the liberal position? How is how is that we're having this argument and the actual conservative over here is keeping his mouth shut? It's just the whole, as you mentioned, with the left and liberal being different. Yeah, you got to be careful with labels, relying too much on labels and what they mean to you because they might mean something different to someone else. But it's the facts and beliefs that are really important. Well, that's why it's important to define, as I did. I, 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 as I said, I have an article with 32 distinctions. And, and the, the race one is one of the biggest. We believe in integrate. We believe, we do believe liberals. I was raised, I'm a Jew from New York, by definition, a liberal. And I was raised that race blind is the moral ideal. You don't see a person's race. You see their character. You see their personality. You see their brains. You see everything. And and so I, I, today, race is determinative, which is mind-boggling because I ask leftists one question. If you know a person is black, tell me one other thing you know about them and they can't name a thing. Do you know whether they're kind or despicable? Do you know whether they're honest or crooked? Do you know whether they are interesting or boring? Do you know whether they are uh, uh, liberal or conservative? You know nothing when you know someone's skin color. You can nothing. tell more about a person by their shoes than you can by their race. That's that's perfectly said. Yeah. Let me let me let me do this. We'll give a shout out uh, to this famous video that I've been dying to to talk to you about, Bill Maher. <laughs> you were on you were on real time with Bill Maher. What was this like? Twenty seventeen or twenty? No, no, no. It was actually twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, which is even more wow. remarkable. How recent? <laughs> so you were on uh, with Bill Maher, and you you mentioned that there are uh, tampons in the men's restrooms at universities, and Bill, the panel, and the audience. That's why I said men menstruate is a left wing lie. Right. Okay. And then they all started laughing, and Bill Maher goes, "What? What are you Who talking? Says Who that? says that?" And you were like, it's in the news. Look it up. And they were like, no. And you were like, they have tampons in the men's room. And Bill goes, it's for their girlfriends. Remarkable. The arrogance and ignorance at the same time. Instead of just being like, I'm, I gotta call, here's, here's what I'd say. If you said something to me that I thought was wrong, I'd pull it up. And if we were on a show like that, I would be like, are you serious with this? Is this true? Can we get someone to check that? And guess what they would have done? They'd have come back and be like, he's right. Right, correct. Well, I, I, it was a great moment because the entire panel, Bill Maher and the entire audience laughed at me. And uh, just for the record, I actually enjoy that. I'm not a masochist, but when I know I'm right and you have a whole bunch of people laughing at you, it is so revealing as to how easily people are brainwashed that that's the reason that I liked it. That 
that audience didn't hear it from the New York Times, so it didn't happen. That that, that they, as I say on my radio show almost every day, they don't know that is the left. They don't know what we know. Well, so uh, I pulled up the article because we actually did a segment on it. That's an old article. This is an article from the Daily Beast, which is fake news, by the way. NewsGuard says they're fake news. Um, published September 21st, 2016, which is titled, Yes, Men Can Have Periods and We Need to Talk About Them. So 2016, you go on Bill Maher's show three years right. later. Years. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's it's left and right in this country is do you read the news or are you just an arrogant Also it person? shows you this is a very important lesson the speed with which the left can have people say wet is dry mm. This is this that was October uh or or November of 2019 Wow and within a year and a half if you said men do not menstruate you were considered a hater that is how fast the left changes half this country's views on A equals B equals C. This is the issue I, 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 this is the issue I have with Bill Maher, right? I do appreciate that he's called out woke nonsense, that he believes in free speech, but the man doesn't do research. I, I, I don't know, is he retired? You know, is, is this, you know, I, 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 ref, I say re- retired in the sense that he's phoning it in. He shows up, he says, give me the cue cards, he sits down and he says, what are you talking about? I didn't read that. And it's like, Bill, this story is three and a half years old. If you don't know about this, that's your fault, not mine. How could a guy have one of the, one, he has a million viewers per, per night when he does a show, per, per night, you know, per show, which is weekly. And this guy didn't bother to read the news three and a half years ago? I mean, this story has been extremely prominent. It's not, it's not this one article I've pulled up. The issue surrounding this has been going on for quite some time. The issue surrounding racial segregation has been happening over and over and over again. You would have to actively ignore the news to not know these things. Yeah, I just want to say uh, that it's so rare to have a liberal call out the left that I, I want to I salute him. <laughs> As you pointed out yourself, yep. he, he does call out wokeness. Uh, but you you would you would think he would have known it. That is correct. I think it's an example of kind of the old media model of like let's have an interview and damn be the consequences versus the new model of let's have access to the internet and look it up and fact check in real time. Like Rogan never would have had a hit show if he didn't have someone looking up the facts. He would have just been wrong a bunch and looked like an idiot. Well, well, I think the biggest thing is admitting that you're wrong, and I think that's the biggest difference between individuals online. And there are a lot of individuals, predominantly, who are promoted by big tech social media that never admit. That they are wrong. Bill Maher just a couple weeks ago was talking about how the economy is doing great. We're in a recovery. Everything's fine. The 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 right wingers are are being sensationalistic when it comes to the dire economic numbers. And here we are sitting with the calamity that that we're facing uh, that is absolutely unavoidable right now. Is he going to to talk about his mistakes? Probably not. And, and, you know, I'll give you my thoughts on this. We mentioned this the other day. We had uh, Jamie Kilstein on. He's a, he's a liberal comedian, I guess, but he was canceled and, you know, came after him. So he's like formerly woke. And we were talking about the red flag laws. And I said, red flag laws, it's stop and frisk on steroids. So I'm at Occupy Wall Street. Jamie's at Occupy Wall Street. Luke's down there. And across the spectrum, we're like, stop and frisk is a bad thing. What they were doing, you're familiar with stop and frisk, I Of course. So it turns out, According to a few whistleblowers that the mayor actually ordered the police, or I should say the police were ordered to specifically target racial minorities. And the justification was, well, that's the demographic committing the crime. And the response on the left was like, 
if it's the neighborhood, perhaps, but to come out blanket, just be like, no, it was the racial group. So we were like, it, it, these Terry stops are a violation of your, fourth, of your Fourth Amendment rights regardless. I'm not a fan. Red flag laws are the same thing, but now they can go into your house. How is it that the left and liberals were like, stop and frisk is wrong and morally repugnant, but red flag laws, it's even worse, but we should have that. There's no logical consistency to what they're arguing for. So, you know, we're talking with Jamie and his, his attitude is like, I didn't think about it that way, but you're right. Stop and frisk was a bad thing. Why would the left be championing for something worse than it, which is the same thing? The, the left doesn't think about right and wrong. It thinks about it. Mor- morality separates. This is this is my field, as it were. The moral outlook on life is what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. The left, since Lenin, really since Marx, never asked that. It doesn't divide the world between good and bad. It divides the world between rich and poor, black and white, strong and weak, male and female, imperialist versus victim. That does not. Div- those are its divisions, not good and bad. I knew. I learned this at Columbia when I was told by every single professor I had. It is not possible to be a black racist. It is not possible. When was that? Oh, this 1970s. Wow. So a lot of this stuff is not new. It's worse than ever. It's more absurd than ever, but it's not new. That is a very important statement. A black cannot be a racist. It means moral criteria do not apply where there's a racial criterion. Race trumps morality. Economics trump morality. Power trumps morality. Morality is not a left-wing consideration. And, and, and those of us who think in normal terms, wait, there's right and wrong. A black could be a racist, a white could be a racist. A black could be beautiful, a white could be beautiful. No, that is non-left thinking. Right. I don't know if you, some people say left, some people say people who are indoctrinated and, and don't cr- critically think. There was a, an incredible video that, that was highlighted that I, that I played on, on one of my members areas, uh, today, specifically highlighting a young man at an abortion, uh, rally, specifically women who are arguing for abortion, for women's reproductive rights. And he asked them, my body, my choice. All of them said, absolutely, a hundred percent. And then he asked them, where did you stand on the mandates just a few months ago? And all Vaccines. of them, all, yeah, with the vaccine mandates specifically, and all of them had this moment of, uh, but I, that's different. That's what they said. Yeah, that's that's the, different. One but, woman, but, the, the last one was funny. She goes, "I'm not talking about that." Exactly, but the, <laughs> but the principles, the morals there, you know, they're inconsistent. They're they're absolutely illogical. People are not critically thinking. They're being swayed by emotional mind control that's telling them what they should be fitting believing in, and pushing for. Fitting in tribe cult most mentality. Of the, most of these default liberal types just want to fit in. So whatever the machine tells them, they say, okay. Yeah. Then you have the left, which has seized the reins of the machine, and they're just thrown out edict. So is communism the easiest thing to fit into, like politically, geopolitically, um, as opposed to like, because it's not easy to be an American that's constantly freaking out about freedom and like always. So here's a very big deal that I, I, I realized early in, in my life. Uh, liberty is not a human yearning. It is not a human instinct. It is a, it is a value that has to be learned and taught. The, uh, the, the human instinct is to be taken care of. And people will, most hum, hum, 
most human beings would prefer to be taken care of than to be free. That that's that's the way it is, and that is the reason the left wins every almost everywhere in the world. H- how many America Liberty countries are there in 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 the Western Hemisphere outside of the United States? Canada used to be one, not not any longer, and that's what humans humans make the deal. I'll give you my freedom, you give me free health care. I'll give you my freedom, you give me free education. Give me free, give me free, give me free. You can have my freedom. But, you know, if you really look at it from um, an evolutionary psycho- a psychological perspective, it makes sense. That's right. That's the reason you need a uh, a higher principle than evolution to guide your life by, which is why, ultimately, I do believe this is a religious battle. Let, let's, let's, let's talk about that, too, because um, one of my views, th- there's a lot of people who have described what the difference between the left and the right is. Some have said it's national nationalist versus a globalist. I don't think that's that's correct. It's a component. Some have said it's authoritarian versus libertarian. It's a component. Some have said, interestingly, we had uh, Stephen Marsh on the show. He wrote the book, The Next Civil War. And he said it's, in the United States, there is a multicultural democracy and a constitutional republic. Both can't coexist in the same country. And I'm like, that's, a, that's an interesting way to put it, actually. But maybe just one component. I believe, uh, and I mentioned a moment ago, that it's the politically discerning, those who would challenge the news and try and make sure they're correct, versus those who want to follow and fit in. I think one large component is the Christian moral framework versus an, an absent moral framework. And what I mean by that is, to, to go back to Bill Maher, the way I've described it in the past, Bill Maher is an atheist. He made the documentary Religious, where he challenges, you know, he asks people, he travels around trying to understand Bill Maher will say he doesn't believe in God and his morality doesn't come from that, but his morality literally is based in the Bible. Not completely, not all of it. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying you need to be religious because I'm not uh, practicing religious in any way, any religion. What I mean is, why do we have the value of innocent until proven guilty? Because we were raised by a culture that valued that. If you were raised in a different culture on the other side of the planet, they would not have the same value. In fact, there have been many countries that have said the inverse. It is better that 10 innocent people suffer than one guilty person escape. We in the United States hold an inverted view of that. Benjamin Franklin said it is better that 100 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. He was a, it was a planned Blackstone's formulation, which is 10 people. Blackstone's formulation, it is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent suffer, is rooted in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, literally in the Bible. When when God says to Lot, if there's but one righteous person, I will not To destroy. Abraham. To Abraham. There you go. So, uh, so you know more than I do about that stuff. But um, I, I read about this because I wanted to understand why do we have these values in this country? And so I read about the Fourth and Fifth Amendment. I read about the, the, the presumption of innocence. I read some of the writings from the Founding Fathers and their views on it, Benjamin Franklin. I read the praise for Blackstone's formulation. And then I discovered his formulation was rooted in the Bible. And I said, that's fascinating. These stories from religion were carried on and left within us by the, the previous generation. Now people like Bill Maher say they don't believe in any of that stuff, not realizing he would have never known of that concept were it not passed down to him. When you look at other countries, other cultures on the other side of the planet that did not have the same religious values, they don't have this. If you look at what's going on with communist China and other countries, they have a presumption of guilt. You get locked up and then we'll figure it out. So in this country, it seems like there came a point where we, we still are mostly Christian, but many people aren't really practicing and don't really know what it means. You get a generation of people who say they're atheists, but still hold a lot of those Christian moral, a lot of that Christian moral framework. And now we're entering a period where you have a generation with no moral framework at all. And if there's no moral framework, then there is no truth but power, which is what we're starting to see. 
lie, cheat, and steal, say whatever you want, get political power. That's the path. And that's what I see with the mainstream left, the modern left today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every word you said is correct. Uh, my first book I wrote when I was 25. It's still the most widely read introduction to Judaism in English. And uh, in it, I wrote a, about something I had read called Cut Flower Ethics. If you cut flowers from the soil that nurtured them, you could look at the flower, and for a couple of days it looks like it doesn't need the soil that nurtured it. But it will wither and die. It's the same with ethics in the Western world. They were nurtured in religious Judeo-Christian soil. You rip those ethics from that soil, they will last for a generation or two, just like the flower will for a day or two, and then they will wither and die. And that is exactly what we are seeing happening now. And that is why the founders of the country wrote that we have inalienable rights from the Creator. There are no inalienable rights from human beings. There are only inalienable rights if there is something that transcends the the human, and that is the Creator. The most hated video I ever made, I know it because I actually look at comments. I'm fascinated by comments. And the most hated, and I, and I have hundreds and hundreds out there, including 50 at, at PragerU, where we have over 500. I do one out of 10. The most hated video I ever made was, uh, I don't remember the exact title, but essentially, if God did not say murder is wrong, is murder wrong? And it, it drives people crazy, even though the logic... I debated this at Oxford many years ago against the professor of moral philosophy at Oxford, and he's an atheist. And he said, of course, Prager is right. If there is no God, there is no objective morality, only only subjective. You can say, I, I believe murder is wrong, I think murder is wrong, I feel murder is wrong, but you can't say murder is wrong. Only if there is something that transcends the human that says murder is wrong is murder wrong. But how do you explain that to someone who doesn't have the mental capacity to understand it? Uh, or You mean it, a college graduate. Is that it? That is the definition of, of not having the mental capacity. I'm not being cute. I, I have said for years, and I do believe this sincerely, for most people, not all, college makes you stupid. Oh, I agree. Uh, I'm a high school dropout. And the funny thing is... You are? Yes. You made my day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Well, so the left, they believe in credentialism. And so they'll often say, don't listen to Tim Pooley's a high school dropout. That means he's dumb. Mm. And my attitude is like, my arguments are what proves I'm dumb. Like, if you think my arguments are bad, and they are bad, then I'm dumb. But if you don't have an argument against what I've said, or you don't understand the concepts behind them because you lack the mental capacity, I don't think the issue is credentials or school. I think, in my experience, 
you can argue that many high school dropouts tend not to succeed, but there are a lot of people who realize the system isn't working properly. And in, in my case, I was building computers, programming video games. I was playing music. And I just thought this does not serve me in any way other than to drag me down. And so I just, you know, took issue with it. Well, I, I mean, sorry, I, I just call them indoctrination centers. That's exactly what they are. And I, I would just kind of want to point out also, there's a lot of statistics when it comes to people who believe in religion, people who have families and correlation with not just overall happiness, but success in, in life that I think are absolutely worth talking about here as well, that provide a lot of different perspective when it comes to, you know, a lot of people coming up in this world. I want to, I want to mention when you say, uh, what cut flower, is that what you called it? Yeah. Cut flower ethics. Yeah. That's brilliant. It, it, it perfectly describes it. Perfectly. That, uh, it, that that's Bill Maher to the T. The way I see him. That's right. He doesn't understand that his right. values actually. He's came. living on borrowed uh, on borrowed soil. And the yep. woke is a direct result of his advocacy of rejecting this moral framework. Again, I'm not saying that people need to believe in God, but I think you need to understand your roots and where your values come from. So, by the way, forgive me. I just want to say uh, to the chagrin of many religious people, uh, I almost only argue for the necessity of God rather than the existence of God. Right. Because if I prove to you, or not, you can't prove it, but if I convince you God exists, I have done nothing. But if I, because the the number of people who believe in God who are moral idiots is very large. <laughs> However, yep. if I convince you that God is morally necessary and is necessary for meaning in life, the greatest urge human has, has even more so than sex, then I have changed your life. Well, th- this is what, what's fascinating. Um, and as I've looked at the, the ethos and the tenets of the modern left, there seems to be no moral framework at all. And they say there is one, but I'll give the example of stop and frisk and red flag laws. Stop and frisk. New York said we want to stop guns on the street and contraband. Therefore, the police now have the right to randomly stop anyone and frisk them. It resulted in marginalized people, as the left said, and and it literally did, disproportionately targeted uh, young black men and Latinos. The argument from Bloomberg was they're the ones committing the crime, so that's what you're going to see. Now, the whistleblowing was that they actually were instructed to target racial minorities, so they kind of leapfrogged the the issue of here's where the crime is to just target the racial group, and that had a negative consequence. If that issue was bad, red flag laws, exact same logic. We got to get guns off the street and stop dangerous people from having them. We can go into your home and take your guns if we have reason to believe that you're, you know, unwell or a threat or a danger. If that happens in New York and it happens in a bunch of places, which I think it already has, you're going to start seeing the exact same thing they were already complaining about. If they say one is good and one is bad, but they're functionally identical or one is actually red flag laws are worse. Much worse. But they want them. And stop and frisk right. is, is, is not as bad, but it's the, it's the, it's apocalyptic. There's no moral logic behind what they're arguing for. In which case, I don't know the point. If, if, you know, I, I think stop and frisk is wrong beyond. There, there, okay. So to, to just reinforce your point, NPR during 2020 or 2021, I assume 2020, actually devoted an hour to a, a woman who wrote a book in defense of looting. I, I'm familiar. Um, I gotta tell you, I was in Ferguson. Do not steal does not apply if, if you are, as I said, they don't divide the world between right and wrong, but between black and white, rich and poor. If a black person loots, it's okay. Except in that community, because what really angered me about that, I'm fairly certain that article was about Ferguson. 
And what happened was I was in Ferguson and I watched a group of young black men link arms to protect a store from looters. And when they were asked by a, a journalist from Al Jazeera, why are you defending this store? They said, we live here. This is our community. These are our stores. The people who are looting don't live here and they are robbing us. They are stealing from us. And in many instances, it's yuppies looting. It's, it's right. like, like the lawyers in New York City that just, by the way, had their charges dropped that firebombed a police car. So I'm in Ferguson. Oh, I didn't know that, really. Yep. The people who were looting in Ferguson didn't live there. Many of, most of them. And the, the, these poor people who lived in this area, desperately trying to protect their own stores from an outside force, destroying it. And then these leftists write articles defending those who actually attacked the black community. That, that to me was one of the most despicable displays I have ever seen. To see these young men say we're trying to do right by our community. And then they have them write, no, no, the looting is good. Those young men were being robbed. Their, their community was being destroyed. They needed someone to come in and say, stop these violent rioters and looters from destroying these people's neighborhood. Instead, they said, well, it's actually a good thing because they're doing it as an act of rebellion against white supremacy. It feels like moral relativism may be, I think, are you saying, you may be indicating that there's a moral absolute, this, this, but if I think there's no moral absolute, then, then it's, then murder isn't wrong. I'm thinking about the Romans, Emperor Constantine. He basically became the first Christian, which right. was rooted in Judaism, which is thou shall not kill, but he went and killed eastward and conquered and murdered. Right. The fact that people don't live by their own values does not mean that the values are irrelevant. You are right. You could point to any number of religious people who have screwed up their own religion. That is correct. But you can't live without the principles. The, in other words, a lot of Christians kept slaves. But it was, and this is a Jew saying, it was Christians who abolished slavery. Not Muslims, not Shintoists, not Confucianists, not Hindus, and not atheists. It was Christians who abolished uh, slavery on planet Earth. Is it the situation where the tenets of Judaism, the, the Ten Commandments, are good to follow unless fill in the blank? I, uh, you, you, you really, uh, playing to my passion. <laughs> uh, 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 my life is devoted to having people live by the Ten Commandments. I have a great new saying. You want to, you want to defund the police? Have everybody live by the Ten Commandments. I want to give an example, if I may, because, uh, behind me, I'm told is my, one of my volumes of my Bible commentary. Yeah. If, if every atheist listening read that, they would at least intellectually appreciate what those of us who believe the Bible is the greatest book ever written is about. It has nothing to do with faith. Nothing. That's why I call it the rational Bible. And, uh, I, I begin my, my preface as follows. When I was in my early twenties and late teens, I had issues with my parents, which is pretty common on earth. However, I, I honored my parents. I showed them respect all the time. I never deviated from that. And there was a reason and it was the only reason. I believed that God himself had commanded me to honor your father and mother. I believed I would be sinning against God, forget my parents, if I didn't show my parents honor even if I had a hard time with them. And I'm telling you, this this is a classic example of what the left is doing to the society by getting rid of, of the of the of the Ten Commandments, the divine origins of all this. What we're seeing today is this is my my field of study, communism and fascism, for that matter, and Nazism. Every totalitarian movement begins by by subverting parental authority. And that is what the left is doing in America. 
you subverting parental authority. You listen to the state, kids. You listen to the leader, kids. You don't listen to your parents, kids. Oh. Yeah, and also and a, a lot of authority figures. So when the Russians, the Soviets, took over Poland, they got rid of a lot of doctors. They got rid of a lot of teachers. They got rid of a lot of lawyers. They got rid of a lot of historians and just took them to Siberia or assassinated them because they were the ones that were the most influential in their society, and they needed to get rid of that in order to push the communist doctrine. And you, yeah. know, it's, you know it's brutal here. I want to address that. There's a, uh, I grew up in, in a neighborhood of Chicago that had a lot of Polish people. There's a lot of Polish jokes, stereotypes about pe- Polish people being dumb. Talking to Loop, it's a particularly brutal origin. Huh. The reason that stereotype exists is because the Soviets killed all the intellectuals. Well, and then right. You know. by, by the way, somewhat of a farce. I remember when when Polish jokes were in. So I have two comments on that. First, I studied in England uh, my junior year in college. Every single Polish joke I heard in America was an English joke about the Irish, right? Who were not <laughs> uh, not known. Thank to you any so of much. <laughs> I wish no, no, no. Was and, oh, no, no there's a, and there's another one. At the very time people were telling the most Polish jokes, the brilliant Pope was Polish. Pope, Pope uh, John the Twenty Third, or is it John Paul II? John Paul John II, Paul II. Yep. Uh, uh, one of the most brilliant men uh, of, of that generation, and uh, Lech Walesa was Polish, and 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 Carter's uh, head of security was Bigmier Brzezinski, Polish, who was the guy I studied under at Columbia, ironically. But uh, it, it, I don't understand why Polish yeah. jokes ever developed. Uh, it was it was against just demeaning the people, and um, actually, Polish people actually have some of the highest IQ in the region. Zbigniew Brzezinski, the National Security Advisor, I actually had some very interesting conversations with him on, on my own personal channel, but there's a lot we could get into, especially culturally, especially well, with Poland. But I also have another question to ask about the larger religious aspect, just to kind of de- debate this, because the left usually also has a counter-argument to what we're talking about now. And their arguments, I don't know how you would address this, but they usually say uh, religion isn't good. It created war, it created suffering, it created the Crusades, and historically, they would argue that it was a net negative. How you re- how do you respond? Yes, to, so to this, some, this to some shows of their you how pa- bad our our uh, education is in America. The most the bloodiest century on record is the twentieth century, and that is because a hundred million people, non combatants, were murdered. Non combatants, forget war. Ninety nine percent of them, except for the case of the of the of the Turks killing Armenians. of that 100 million were killed by secular regimes. They never tell you that. They tell, oh, all the evil committed by religious groups. First of all, everybody was religious in the Middle Ages, so it's, 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 it's a pointless point. All the good done was also done by religious groups. All the bad, that's all you had were religious groups. But where you had religious and secular, there is no comparison. The death of God is the death of man. Sorry, that's why I say I, I am... I'm interested in, de- in in arguing for God's existence, but I am passionate about the importance of talking about God's necessity. Yeah, we, I, I think a lot of uh, the, the issue they're having is that the I think the commandments, some of them are plaintive, like don't kill people, don't murder, don't do your buddy's wife. Like, got it. Okay, yeah, let's live peacefully. But they don't like the authority. They're radical. That's right, yes. And it's the authority of religion. That's like right. Organized religion. I am my authority. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And if I don't want to treat my parents right... Who the F is God to tell me I have to? And then the state will slide in and co-opt that and the un- unfocused guide be- need for authority because we we're we live with this libertarian authority bent that's constantly wavering. But we need we have parents. We we can't get by without some authority in the early days or, or probably the whole time. I think the one of the challenges is that 
I don't, I don't know if you have to believe, I don't think you have to believe in God. I think you need to understand the philosophy and the philosophy, philosophy behind the religions, understand the history of humanity, how we came to the point, what religion provided. And then you can be someone who is a secular atheist and say, ah, I understand. Like I mentioned with the, with the innocent until proven guilty, why it's valuable, how it helps right. civilization, you're, you're, how it's rooted in religion. If, if a secular atheist says, Look, I personally, I just find it very hard to believe in God for X, Y, Z reasons. However, if mankind gives that up, if the Bible is not the reference point, we're screwed, I have no issue with that. Would they replace that with Star Wars? If you see a lot of young men, they have replaced cartoons, fictional characters, entertainment, movie, Hollywood psyops, as I call them, with this worshipping idea of these fake characters, these fake idols, and they make their whole lives surrounded with their personalities around these fake figures. So so there is some kind of merit to the argument that if they're not going to have you know a religious belief, they're going to have a a belief implanted by corporations inside of their mind. All leftism is secularized religion. All of it. Mm -hmm. That is exactly... Exactly what it is. Uh, uh, G.K. Chesterton has the best line of all ni- at late uh, 19th century British uh, brilliant mind. He said, when people stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. Yep. That's true. Mm. We, uh, are, you're familiar with Peter Boghossian, I'd imagine? Yep. Uh, he, I had a great conversation with him several years ago about intersectionality as the new non-theistic religion. Mm. And as we know where that evolved today, it's basically wokeism, leftism. It is a group of people who have, they have a non-theistic religion. The way I, the way I view it, I once read this book on uh, simulating elements. It was a, a physics book. It talked about how they used a circuit board, sending electrons down a path, and they created something that ultimately resulted in electrons simulating an orbit, but without a nucleus. And they said it simulated the elemental properties of this similar atomic weight or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what this book was. Maybe none of that's true, but I was reading this book on physics. I got it at a, at a bookstore once. And I, I thought about that, and I'm like, I kind of feel that's what the left is in, in a similar sense. It is all of the people orbiting around nothing. It, it, is, it is similar to a religious belief where people have a core belief system based on something. And they're, you know, orbiting around it. And then you have the left, which has no, no core, no nucleus, and it's simulating some kind of, you know, uh, religious system. That's, look, the giveaway is men give birth. Huh. I mean, that, that, you, you, that people now believe, not only believe it, but believe that if you deny it, you are anti-science and, and you are a hater. But I, I don't, I don't know if people actually believe that. Um, I understand there are people who espouse it, but you, you, we mentioned this the other day. If you take a look at Joe Biden's real clear politics approval rating, his aggregate, it's 30 right now today, it's 38.7. It is very low. And you'd think that if two thirds of the country outright was like, we do not like Joe Biden, then mainstream comics would be like, well, that's the market, right? More money is to be made advertising to the majority group. So let's go with it. Biden sucks. Instead, they're still on board with Joe Biden. Where are the regular people, if the polls are showing this, to come out and say, no, I don't like the guy. They don't speak up. People refuse to speak up. So there are a lot of people who will be like, oh, yeah, I agree with that. And then in private be like, I really don't, but I'm terrified. That's right. And and that's their, that's their secret weapon, or it's not so secret. We'll destroy you if you oppose us. We, we don't have that. Uh, uh, for years on my radio show, I said to people, I can't stand Ben and Jerry. I think they're moral idiots. 
but I eat their ice cream because in America you don't buy products based on whether or not you agree with the makers of the product. Now you do. That, well, that, there's no choice. Yep. Because, but they started, and who started matters. They they, they started destroying uh, when Chick Fil A's owner simply said, "I'm, I'm a Christian, and I you know I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman." The attempt to destroy. Uh, uh, Chick-fil-A, by the way, Chick-fil-A has done a, a 180 degree change as it happens, but, but th- that's a separate issue. But what do you, what do you mean the change? They've, they've the BLM ch- support. Ch- yeah, sorry? The support for, uh, BLM. Yeah, ch- Chick-fil-A's yeah. gone, gone woke, basically. It, not as severely as perhaps Nike, but, uh. I gotta open my own yeah. chicken sandwich shop now? Yeah. So I was talking who- about making a non-woke coffee shop. And it's like, we, we make coffee, we don't talk politics. End of story. Now I got to do a chicken shop no, as well. Beef What's liver, going? beef liver shop. It's going to change everything. Uh, just trust me on this. People are going to understand. Uh, beef I, liver. They're going to understand it in the chat room. I, I got a question for you guys, and I don't want to change the topic, but I, I missed the last couple minutes. And if you're ready for a new topic, I've been thinking about free will and determinism a lot lately. Right. Are you familiar with the concept? Free will. Yeah. You, you have the ability to choose your surroundings. I think you do, but it requires glucose. Like it, it drains your your energy system. So we need food. We can't do free will without food. So we're determined. We're bound. So if we're bound and determined that we have to have food, what even idea of free will do we even think we have? Like, is it even a real thing? We're just... Well, I, 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 I could answer that in, in, in a way that you may not have, have addressed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. If there is no God, there is no free will. That, that's an irony. If there is no God, we are just physical beings. Therefore, everything we do is determined by f- the physical, by neurons firing in our brain, period, end of issue. We, we are sophisticated robots if there is no God. If there's a God, there is, I'll use me, there's a Dennis that is not just physical. There is a Dennis that actually controls my brain. It, it's, it's called the mind. I have a soul. I'm not just physical. If there is no God, you are just a robot. Let's, let's, let's go deep on this one. We talked about the Google AI bot the other day. Did you hear the story? Google engineer said, I was talking to a chat bot and I said, are you alive? And it said, yes. And you went, oh. and a lot of people make fun of this. You know, Elon Musk was making fun of it because the way chat bots work, you know, they're not necessarily, not really AIs is that they read the internet and they determine what words come after other words probabilistically. So if you say, hi, how are you? The chatbot just looks at every conversation and reads the internet and says, 99.9% of the time after someone says, hi, how are you? The response is fine. 
99.9% of the time, the response, the word after fine is thank, followed by you. It's pure probability. If you don't believe that there is something beyond this existence, if there's something greater, and you are just a wet robot, as many people have, as I've been told, then I say all of your actions are simply dominoes falling over for which you have no control over. You are a system of probabilities. You have no free will. If, as you described it, you are something else, a soul piloting your body, then you are directly influencing the system and moving the dominoes out of the way and rearranging them. Another way to phrase it, other conversations that we like to go deep on is uh, DMT trips, in which talking with uh, Michael Malice and Alex Jones have been absolutely fascinating on the subject. And there is an idea that yeah, you're familiar with DMT, I'd imagine. No. Uh, dimethyltryptamine, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Ian? So, Ian, please. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you take it, they call it uh, blasting off. And people say they experience this um, this like shared reality space where I've talked to people who uh, prominent individuals, I'll leave their names out of it, who say that, you know, these two personalities took DMT and then were tripping, but were in the same place and they were able to communicate with each other and experience the same thing. Many people have, have claimed this as well. There's an idea that when you blast off, there are beings that effectively use our bodies as puppets or something to that effect that people have experienced. And I find that fascinating because I'm like, it sounds like you're describing some kind of a soul or some kind of, you know, extension of us outside of our bodies. And we are effectively being controlled by what that extension is. When you take DMT, you blast off and then can see through the veil and see what's really going on. The fascinating thing about this is that it's similarly described by people uh, of uh, religious backgrounds for generations, for millennia. And then the best part about this, too, is to tie it back together with modern uh, sensibilities. You're familiar with simulism, I wonder? If you explain it, I might be. I know what simulate is. Simulation theory. Yeah. That uh, humans are actually in a, a, civil, a simulation created by a, a, a more advanced species. Oh, okay, yeah. I absolutely <laughs> love this concept because you have people like Elon Musk and these other these tech bros who are like, if it is possible that we can create a simulation, then it is probable that a more advanced and, and powerful civilization created the universe that we are in. And I'm like, that sounds like what I learned in first grade of religious school when I was going to Catholic school, that a being of greater power crafted the universe for which we exist in for some purpose. Simulation theory is like level one of what re- religion has been talking about for thousands of years. I think it's just described in a way that doesn't offend people's you know delicate modern sensibilities. The the ultimate issue, as you're pointing out, we're all pointing out, really, as much as people are annoyed to acknowledge it, is the God issue. Yeah. People really don't want to believe something is higher than they are. And and they That's will crazy, do right? anything. It, it, they, they will sooner believe that life on Earth was created by extraterrestrials than by a god. Well, I, I kind of want to push back a little bit. Let's find I, out. I, I kind of disagree because people who aren't, you know, per se religious, do have religious idols. Uh, people like Dr. Fauci, uh, Andrew Cuomo. Right. Oh, absolutely. They have, <laughs> they have candles on <laughs> them. But there's no they god higher their, than Fauci. Yeah, they they <laughs> sing songs about them. They they they, they preach everything that, they say. Well, that was our point. And, 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 and we only yeah. there are secular there secular substitutes. Douglas Murray. Have you had him on? No, I don't think so. Oh, no, he, I, he, let me let me. Do a shout out for Douglas Murray. 
Uh, let me do a shout-out, uh, by the way, for Julie Hartman. She's 22. You look her up on the Internet, and I do a weekly podcast with her. I've never done a podcast with any other person in 40 years. She's 22, and I do it with her. You you, you will go nuts for her. She just, uh, I hate to say this because it's so irrelevant, but some people might find it relevant. She just graduated Harvard. And, by the way, it's a very touching story. At the graduation, 36,000 people are there. And, uh, the, the, uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister, who's as woke as it gets on planet Earth, she's the one who I play on my radio show regularly saying, if you haven't heard it from the government, it isn't true. <laughs> There's no, no compunction about saying that. Anyway, wow. she spoke about how they have all these laws, uh, for, uh, uh unlimited abortion in New Zealand. And 35,999 people stood up except for Julie. Wow. Just for the record. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I want to I bring up this idea. I was talking to someone who said they were atheist. And I feel like, at the very least, atheism, um, I, I, can't, I can't understand. Right? You know, I grew up Catholic briefly. Then I had a period where I was like, I'm an atheist. I don't believe any of that. And then I realized, oh, actually, I can't assert that. I don't have evidence to assert the lack of. I can certainly be agnostic. Now I, I, I've... You know, I more believe in God. I do believe in God. But uh, I was talking with someone and I said, you, 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 just, you just mentioned there are people who can't imagine there's something higher than them, more powerful than them. And to me, that's a logical impossibility that there isn't. It, it, you know, very simply put, if you believe the universe is as vast and as explosive as it is, then you believe that humans are but simple, wet robots that exist within it. Certainly, there is a greater degree of sophistication in a wet robot than us. I think like the, humans, humans are not the end all be all of, of physical capability in terms of particles coming together and interacting with each other. If there, if, if humans exist, if the universe is as large we think it, as we think it is, certainly there is a higher power than us. Well, I think the misnomer is that it's higher. It's, it's, it's happening in, in synchronicity with us on another plane of perception. So like as atoms are also, we're also atoms. We're also sp subatomic spinners. We're also just a dot out in the galaxy if you're far enough away looking at us. But if you go small enough and you start to see the vortex of the vacuum and like I'm studying these things called plasmon. Uh, it's things in the center of clouds of plasma. And when light refracts off of it, it seems to move with some sort of, if not intelligence, coherence. And I don't know why it's, why it's doing that. Like if, if the information is being given to plasma from light and then it's transmitting into matter, I don't, I've never seen any evidence that it's intelligent. Yeah, a little, little too specific. It's okay. So you look at like your, the, what's your broader, the cosmic right? microwave background radiation. Are you familiar with it? They, Go on, they yeah. located it with a radio telescope, and it looks like it's arcing through planetoids and giving it life, maybe, giving things life. But then it, you look at plasma fields, and you can see light it, interacting with plasma. What, what, what's, your, what's your point, though? That I think that's – I mean, I think that's so, pretty so plaintively God. I, I mean, it's – The point – like, Right, right, right. Like, there's a greater phenomenon that's affecting things. Oh, my, my gosh. My, yeah. my view is uh, – I'll put it this way. Humans uh, – uh, an ant – does an ant know what a highway is? I saw this. I, I listened to a, a, a talk by some guy. I can't remember where this lecture was. He says, does an ant know what a superhighway is? Of course not. Even though it's built its anthill right next to it. It's entirely possible that aliens have built a superhighway right above us in outer space and we can't perceive of it. Or even if we do, we don't understand what it is. So we just don't think about it. That being said, I'm like, the idea is that humans and ants evolved or, or, or are on the same planet and have very a lot of similarities in their DNA. But more importantly, a dog. Humans and dogs are mammals. Dogs can actually communicate with humans on a rudimentary level. And a dog doesn't know what a superhighway is, how it functions, or why it was put there. It just knows it's there. 
So it's fascinating that we can be so closely related to a chimpanzee and the chimpanzee with our DNA 99% similar will not understand the concept of a car or a highway at all. That is the reason it is so important. Like back to the gr- the most brilliant book ever written, the Bible, where cr- we and not animals are created in God's image. So even if we had 99.9% of the same DNA, that difference is all the difference you need. It means we have moral free will. It means we have the intelligence that we have. It, it means we can create symphonies. Uh, but I, I believe it, this shows that it just means there's a likelihood, a greater likelihood of beings well beyond us beyond our comprehension or understanding. If uh, if the universe is... I mean, I look at it this way. If we only recently learned that uh, uh, the visible universe or or, uh, perceivable reality is less than one millionth of reality, because, you know, uh, the chart, the the electromagnetic spectrum was discovered, what, like early 1900s, end of the 1800s or whatever. We only just discovered that. I can only imagine that there's probably a whole lot more Maybe, maybe millions of times more aspects of reality we have not yet discovered. We cannot perceive directly the electromagnetic spectrum, but we can create tools that allow us to effectively see in the dark. Are there tools we have not yet created that would allow us to see in another form of the dark we haven't yet discovered? There could be, uh, you know, to, to throw to Star Trek, subspace, you know, some, some other ele- element or aspect of the universe we can't perceive yet. I believe that's extremely likely because I think humans aren't masters of the universe. I suppose if you are one of these people who doesn't believe in a God or a higher power, it may be because you think humans are the highest power and you can't perceive of anything beyond them, like you were saying. Well, I, I, I to be honest, I'm not troubled by these issues. I am troubled by how, how do we uh, minimize murder, rape, torture? Uh, I, I have a moral preoccupation with the universe. How can people be become better? They've done a pretty rotten job in history. I just debated somebody uh, in L.A. two weeks ago who said, uh, amazing to me, sad to me, it was a rabbi who said, uh, human beings are innately good, uh, uh, an idea I consider to be as preposterous as men give birth. And uh, those are the things that trouble me. I can't know about extraterrestrials now. So in the limited time I have on this, on this, the plane of this universe, I'd like to minimize evil. Uh, that's my preoccupation. The left maximizes evil. And, and that's why yeah. I fight the left every day I can. They, they, what they have done, uh, as I said, 99%, except for Hitler, which was, which was, let's say 10, 10, I, I don't know, uh, 10, 15 million, 6 million Jews and millions of others. Uh, but overwhelmingly, the, the, the genocides of the 20th century were all communist. So uh, that people don't fear the left shows, A, they are utterly ignorant of history, and B, that they, they are uh, morally challenged uh, uh, almost beyond redemption. I, I think, you know, if we cut it down to a rudimentary level, going back to what I was talking about with the politically discerning and the uninitiated, I asked you, how do you explain these concepts to people who don't have the mental capacity for it? Got to make appeal to I've, their emotions. Well, then you end up with, I'll, I'll just say, unnamed powerful elites who take the approach that the ends justify the means. They use their wealth and power and their intelligence to manipulate stupid people into following them and doing what they want. Then they accuse us of doing just that. You know, I look at uh, uh, Brian Stelter. He goes on CNN and says, don't watch Fox News. Don't watch him. Come to us. You got, uh, who was it? Was it Jake Tapper who was like, you can't read the WikiLeaks emails? Was that Tapper or was that, uh, was that Cuomo? That was Tapper, right? 
I have to double check. I'm one of them. Check really quickly. One of the guys at CNN said, "You you can't read the emails from me." Goes, "We're journalists. We're allowed." Anybody who tells you do not seek out the information for yourself, in my opinion, like probably lying to you. I figured out. Yet dude. over here on what they call the right, we're constantly like, "Please fact check us and look this up for yourself to make sure it's true and correct," because we're trying our best. The way to get through to the people that aren't thinking critically is you got to make God exciting. Oh, well, again, I, I think it, oh, it's badass, well, dude. What's, it's what's, what's more exciting than having meaning in life? That's pretty exciting. You know what's exciting? To raise another subject, but one utterly related to the God issue and everything else. It's exciting to make a family. It's not yeah. exciting to stay single. Yeah. It was S- Single is not as exciting as marriage. I've been both. And, and uh, uh, I know that a lot of single people think you can't think of anything more boring than being married. They, 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 they don't understand that making a family, raising kids, having a partner through life, that's damn, damn exciting compared to, gee, where will I have dinner tonight? I'm single. I can decide. I don't have to bounce that off somebody else. But you know what I, th- I think happens for a lot of people is... For one, they don't understand the value. They don't understand their roots or the history or the cultural significance. And we've become uh, gluttonous in a sense. Good times make weak men, as it, as it were. Uh, I, what I was going to say is that if there's one thing that is a wake-up call to anyone who is single that you need to have a family, it's going to the hospital. Being a single adult male and having an issue where you have to go to the hospital and you're lying in that bed all by yourself and you're like, oh, this is this is very bad. Like – you're in trouble. That's a tough one because if you haven't been married, you don't know how great it is. I think right. Because, and this society, for the first time in its history, has not told every young person get married. They tell them get a career, and then so all these career women call my show. That's that's the great advantage of having a talk show. I talk to, uh, I talk with people, not just two people. I talk with them in half of forty years. And uh, I should make a collection of of the calls from women fifty, who have PhDs and who and and who make uh, easily well into six figures, but they have no husband and they have no children, and uh, they 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 believe they were sold a terrible bill of goods, and they well, so, were. So let's talk about this. We we you know we've had um, various dating experts and personalities talk about this issue. Uh, I'm curious on what the experience is. What do you commonly hear from women who have careers over families? Look, the, uh, I, I have to be intellectually honest to tell you, these are the ones calling my show. They may well call a left-wing show and say, oh, I am so thrilled I never had a husband and children uh, because I can't tell you how much I enjoy being the CEO of, of, of this uh, uh, computer software company. That, that may well be. I can't imagine such a person. By the way, I can't imagine it even in a man. And men are more driven, in, in, generally speaking, in, in, the, in the macro arena, just the way male nature is, for better or for worse. Uh, but uh, uh, the, uh, the the according to even the New York Times, the it is the highest rate of depression among young women in American history. We have never had what we have had now. It is completely a function of 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 the feminist lie that uh, a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle. Oh, you don't need men. You need a career that will really make your life. And it was a function of the lockdowns. What I called in April 2020, people can see it on the internet. I was universally mocked for it. The greatest mistake in history on a, on a worldwide uh, basis, the lockdowns, which they turned out to be. Uh, uh, yet, uh, yet people bought it uh, for, for uh, reasons because once they hear 
experts say. Experts say to the secular is what thus saith the Lord is to the religious. Do you, do you think it maybe uh, maybe birth control is playing a role in in uh, in this? So um, you know it's it's hormonal mass medication of young women, and obviously the left's attitude is it's good, it's important. That way women can can date and and be promiscuous and not have to worry about having a baby and they can maintain their career. But I'm also wondering if if it uh, perhaps alters the the perception. One thing we've that I've read is that uh, women often get advised to get off birth control before marrying their partner, their their significant other, because they, it, it alters their perception. And many women will find after getting off birth control, their their man smells bad. And they say that if that's true, don't marry them because something's not right. But being on birth control clouds that that perception. If that's the case, I'm wondering if this is also clouding other issues. And perhaps if a woman is on birth control, maybe it's an issue of, you know, when she comes off birth control, birth control and she's older and that hormone is removed from the body, maybe her perception changes or something to that effect. I never heard that. Uh you, have you, have you heard that, Lydia? Sorry, I just, about the smell thing? I have heard that about the smell thing. And I've heard that if you smell your partner and they don't, it's very subconscious. And sometimes you don't even notice it until after you're not on birth control anymore. Now, I don't exactly have a, anything that I, I personally can say about this because I lost my sense of smell to COVID in November. It's been gone since November. Wow. It's been gone for a really wow, long time. Really? And I'm getting to the point where I'm worried that when I have my first child, I won't be able to smell them, which is horrifying. But when you bring up the sense of smell with women, it's like they don't even realize it's something that they're missing. So it's very subconscious, and I think it's something that well, should definitely be It discussed. has a lot to do with pheromones, and it has right, a lot to right. do to see if they're compatible with each other biologically. Um, and this is why, you know, a lot of people also put on a lot of heavy metals and deodorants right in their armpits, right into one of their the, the major flows of blood in their entire body. That also has a lot of negative health consequences. There's been horror stories after horror stories when it comes to birth control in women. Um, and, and Business Insider had a very interesting article in 2015 that was titled, Women Now Control More Than Half of U.S. Personal Wealth, Which Will Only Increase in Years to Come. And I think, uh, I don't know if you could pinpoint it to one particular thing, but we are seeing the destruction of the family unit. We are seeing a depopulation plan that has been rolled out, that is implemented, and we're seeing the larger consequences of this, where Elon Musk just tweeted, even a couple hours ago, about U.S. birth rates being below minimal sustainable levels for over 50 years now the fertility rates have been dropping testosterone rates have been dropping right and sperm guess, rates guess have who been have dropping a lot of children religious catholics yep. religious jews religious protestants and religious mormons well I'll, I'll i'll tell you i know everybody who listens to this show they've heard me say it there was a study in the early 2000s that found conservatives were having about 2.01 kids per family and liberals were having like 1.73 the logic is simple 20 years later, we see in Pew Research, Gen Z is slightly more conservative than millennial, but they're very, very similar. Well, it makes sense. It's not that Gen Z were red-pilled. It's that conservatives had more kids. So if you get 100 conservatives and 100 liberals, and the liberals only have 70 kids out of the 100, the 100 parents, and the conservatives have 100 kids, you take that 100 conservative kids and 70 liberal kids, put them together and poll the 170, and you're like, wow, it's mostly conservative. I wonder why. Simply put, there was a, uh, I read a story that said the future is Muslim because Muslims have even more kids than Christian conservatives do. Yeah. And they said it's simple math that if uh, liberals are, are going to be aborting their children and not, and just not trying to have kids in the first place, more likely for the women to have careers, 
conservatives are more likely to have kids, but devout religious fundamentalist Muslim are having substantially more kids, then the future will skew in the direction of that yeah. faith. And, and a lot of the, the people who don't have a religion, don't believe in, in, in a higher power, usually are more susceptible to propaganda on the television. And there's been a lot of subliminal propaganda saying, don't have children. This is especially true in Europe, where there's major advertisements saying, you could be more free. You could enjoy life more if you don't have your children. And, don't and, have your children because it's bad for the environment. Moral, that's it. You're morally yeah. obligated. Exactly. And that's the argument of for the uh, carbon emissions problem. I think it's yep. funny that, that there's that meme that says you are the carbon they're trying to reduce. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a misnomer about carbon. When they literally write articles saying that, it's like, right. wow. There's this belief that we have too much and that that's that, but we're going to start pulling carbon out of the air. Uh, there's technology where you can deposit carbon dioxide onto palladium and create graphene out of it, which is just a monoatomic layer of carbon. And then we can reuse the graphene as a building material. So we'll start harvesting the carbon dioxide and competing with trees and then we're going to need more carbon dioxide. They they will uh, – I am convinced that the Greens, if we had perfect technology to remove carbon dioxide, they would still push uh, for uh, for uh, sun uh, – solar panels and uh, and uh, windmills. They, they, but not nuclear power. That's, that's the proof. Right. Nuclear power is the proof. There is a romantic fixation on – bringing us back to the 17th century or 18th century. Nuclear power is powers 60% of France's electricity. It is safe. Uh, it is clean. If, if indeed carbon is dirty, it is clean. And yet they are opposed to, uh, to nuclear power. So if that, I've read about that, and you would think that they would be thrilled to know that, but they are no more thrilled about removing carbon dioxide than they are about nuclear power. Yeah. They want us to use solar panels and wind power. Germany got that, rid of all of their, their nuclear power that's plants. That's right. Because, right? well, I, I have a theory, uh, which is not meant to be bigoted. Uh, 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 and there are certainly exceptions, but my theory is Germany is always wrong. No. <laughs> when Angela Merkel they, did that, she just fed my belief Germany is always wrong. <laughs> well, they were, they were really hoping to be dependent upon Russian uh, gas and oil, so. Isn't here that we are. beautiful? If yep. I could ask you, because you said you traveled in a lot of Eastern European countries, yes. uh, if you don't mind me transitioning here, what do you think of what's happening in Ukraine right now? What's your perspective from everything since there's a mainstream media establishment push from one perspective, but it's a very complicated situation? So I don't think it's as complicated as a lot of uh, my my f uh, fellow uh, conservatives think it is. Uh, Russia did something evil in invading Ukraine. Uh, you can you can think things through to the end. Was, is the Ukrainian government corrupt? Okay, if we don't defend the the uh, independence of a country because the government is corrupt, we will never defend any country. Uh, government is corrupt almost by definition because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, as was said uh, by Lord Acton in the 19th century. Tends to corrupt absolutely. Oh, is that it said tends? Yeah, tends I thought to. I thought corrupts. All right, either way, I, I, take a look. By I am curious. I want to I want to quote it correctly. Either way, it's accurate. Uh, so uh, look, uh, this this is this. What we should do is a separate question from the moral one. Remember, I think in moral terms. The invasion of Ukraine, the obliteration of its independence, or the attempt to do so, is evil. If that's not evil, then, then, then why was, why, why was Germany's invasion of Poland evil? 
So uh, Lord Acton said, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So I got the second part right and the first part wrong because I dropped tens from the first part. And I think I, I was assuming the tens was on the last part. Right. So you, we both got one part wrong. <laughs> so so, so what do you think about the, the 40 billion and now today the okay, additional so, one okay. billion that's going to Ukraine uh, as of today? Right. So that, that's, a, that's a very fair question. Uh, the, the original sin about the 40 billion is that we printed uh, trillions of dollars of dollars uh, by because of the Democrats. And and that is what has created the uh, well, not the only thing that has created the terrible inflation, and the other is that we are now giving not from our surplus weapon weaponry, but from our uh, the heart of our weaponry because the Democrats have over the course of decades said we don't need so many weapons uh, as we have, uh, uh, but if America is not the strongest country on earth. Uh, cruelty will dominate the earth. That's just the fact uh, of, of life, and conservatives should be the first to say that. But what does that does, what does that mean? I mean, we're looking at a multipolar world with China now coming to compete. Right, with the and States. my belief is that China is looking and saying, "Whoa, if uh, if Sweden and uh, and Finland want now to join NATO, uh, maybe it's a uh, maybe the backlash against Putin." may have us think rethink our desire to invade Taiwan. I don't think that China is more likely to invade Taiwan given the reaction of the Western world to Russia. I think they're less likely to do so. I thought the same thing. Oh, sorry. Really? Yeah. Yeah, most people uh, think differently, I think. They think... Uh, this is emboldening China. I don't think it's emboldening China. You see the way but, Russia got annihilated financially when it happened. Yes, that's citizens. right. Exactly. Well, if you look at the markets now, it's far more complicated. But, but earlier we talked about how do we prevent the loss of life? How can we do that, uh, especially in Ukraine, when I, I think it's, it's very essential and very clear that the United States is just giving them enough weapons to prolong this war. They gave them specific hardware that was missing uh, equipment on it that would have been a game changer for the Ukrainians. But, but they're giving equipment just enough to prolong the conflict but not have a decisive victory. Uh, Emmanuel Macron, the, the president of France, came to this larger kind of geopolitical conundrum and he said, there has to be some kind of a peace deal. There has to be some kind of negotiation. Um, and he's he's even suggesting s- some kind of way to de-escalate this entire situation. It, I would love to see is, that. Is, is uh, your perspective de-escalate or is your perspective no, we I would, should I, obliterate I would love, I, No, I, I would love to de-escalate. Uh, but uh, look, the, if you really want a, an original sin or at least a beginning sin, uh, uh, in, in the direction of what you're saying, it is, it is this president, which I say with difficulty, I admit, this president saying, uh, that, uh, he, uh, Putin has to go. You have put Putin in the place of, I have no choice but to win. But, but for the New York Times and, and the entire elite of this country, there is no sin Biden can commit. Because any Democrat is better than any Republican. And by the way, I believe virtually any Republican is better than any Democrat. So I, I just want to make that clear. I think the Democrats are, are ruining America. They think Republicans are ruining America. That's why we, we may have a civil war. That is correct. I, that was your original point of the, of the, uh, of our dialogue here. But, uh, but his saying Putin has to go, that he's a war criminal, 
then Putin is going to say, I'm crazy for, 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 for doing anything but going whole hog into, into Ukraine. They, they've given the man no way out. Not they. Yep. Biden and the Democrats. Yeah, I, I think the whole situation is extremely dangerous. I, I think it is. We should definitely it is extremely dangerous. Strive towards right. you know negotiations, de-escalation. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to negotiate. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Why yeah. would you? So why would you say I agree? Since I agree with you, what is the modus operandi that we would get him to negotiate? Say we'll give you Eastern Ukraine. This is that's th- what Biden actually proposed. Uh, the president of the United States actually proposed doing that. Uh, is that a solution? Uh, no, I, I don't claim to know any any answers here. But I think uh, aggravating the situation is definitely not uh, not the right approach here. Well, I, I think aggravating and defending are identical. Uh, you, it depends, you, you it depends. always aggravate a situation when you arm the victim. Well, if we're going to be doing something here, we, we should do it decisively, not to prolong a proxy I, I, conflict. Well, I don't know. Well, this, um, this and, I, and, and you know, there's, there's been specific military munitions, especially when it comes to the howitzers, that are missing key GPS components that would change the game. But the United States is not giving them that. So, okay. so that, that to me, I, I think this is, again, a very complex issue. I don't claim to know the answers here. I don't claim to know the solutions. As a Polish person, we always have a lot of distrust against the, the Soviets and, and the Russians. For good and reason. obviously so because of the history and the bloodshed and <laughs> yes, the life yes, loss yes, that, that was committed right. there. You yeah. know, and this is a conundrum that, that is, 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 is very when difficult I, When to I went to Poland uh, during the Cold War, because, that, again, that was my field, so I speak Russian and I spoke, uh, I'd go to, you know, Poland, Czechoslovakia, Bulgaria, East Germany, Romania. So I would go there and because I spoke Russian, uh, I got along because they had to learn Russian. Right. They had no choice. So I would ask, let's say, a Pole, so I would go, I'm an American, do you speak Russian? And every single one gave the same answer. Yes, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. sounds like there might be people that want a limited war right now, like another Vietnam in Ukraine. Even Kissinger came out and was like, that's a bad idea, by the way. He's like the architect of limited war uh, because it's better than a total war. But he's like, this is not the time or the place to do a limited war. Uh, I don't know I, why. I, Maybe because corporations are, are the arms manufacturers right now, and they don't care about any government. Well, I, I not to deviate, I suppose, but Dennis, why do you think Ukraine's fallen out of the news cycle? People get bored when there there is nothing new to report, yep. and and they are understandably more preoccupied with their own lives, whether 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 right or wrong, and they they are watching America crumble. Uh, financially, economically, morally, and uh, that—that's the reason. What, what is there to report? I mean, look, v- Vietnam. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the Vietnam War, and th- there was a point where people tuned out of the Vietnam War reports. They—they were—they were still made, and of course, that was much more directly involved because Americans were dying. Americans are not dying in Ukraine, which is another factor. Americans are not dying in Ukraine. So it, it, it's it's understandable, uh, and and that's that's. I want to I want to I want to show you guys this image. This is from uh, James Lindsay, but this is something that we've actually talked about on the show. This is a poll showing five different regions of the United States and their propensity towards uh, seceding from the union by region based on political party. You can see the southern states, which is uh, you know Texas, Florida, Virginia, etc. Shows uh, 66%, I believe that's a little small, 66% of Republicans favor secession. In the heartland, as it's described, 43% of independent voters favor secession. In the mountain region, 
the plural, uh, plurality is 43% of Republicans in the Pacific region. I believe it's 47% of Democrats favor secession. In the Northeast, it's uh, split fairly evenly, 39% Democrat, 35% independent, and then a smaller portion of Republicans. So here's what I did. When I saw this story, I took each region, their total population, and the percentages based on political affiliation uh, of population. Then I normalized it for the entire country using this data to find 37.2% of people in this country favor their particular region breaking off to form its own country. More than one-third of people in this country want their region to secede. That is an extreme extrapolation. I don't know if I would be comfortable saying talking about a third of the country because how many people were pulled here? 6,000? Like we, we don't, I, and if you ask these people, how many of you want world peace? You'd get 98% of the people in the Northeast want world peace. They don't know what it means. They don't know what secession means. That doesn't, that, that, that doesn't refute what I'm saying. Just because someone doesn't know what it means to, to destroy things doesn't mean they're not going to advocate for it. But to say that 6,000 people want it, so therefore a third of the United States extrapolates is a misnomer, I think, is a misnomer. I just think, uh, you don't understand how polling is done. That's how polling's done. They they get a small segment and then they extrapolate it to the whole as a, and it's not right, accurate. right, right. So when you're looking at various sample sizes, typically there's a scientifically weighted polls that are that have a margin of error included in it. And to the best of our understanding, this is the sentiment. But, oh, well, the point I was making is I think they don't know what that means to secede. They, they want a pe- everyone wants a nice peaceful sure. divorce where everyone gets a smile and go home. Right. Look at where Harper's Ferry is, dude. It's like between three, like. You don't want to say the bloodshed that right, went on so in Harper's you, okay, Ferry. So you're both right, and I'm not trying to be a, a nice guy here. Uh, that. They don't really understand it's not feasible is what you're saying. It's it's infinitely complex. It's not like the South seceding. That's one whole region and it leaves. Whereas, you know, what are you going to do is to give Harper's Ferry the example you gave? But but I think you're right that 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 percentage of Americans do want to leave the other part of America. I live in California. And if L.A., San Francisco uh decided to uh, uh make their own state with all their wealth and everything else they had i would be a very happy man so i i am in that little group i know it can't happen but if you were to poll me and ask me would you like san francisco and la uh, to secede from california and make their own very wealthy state i would say i would love to and live in the other part it can't happen so you know, they didn't think the first civil war could happen. They thought it was impossible. People were having picnics on the hill overlooking Fort Sumter thinking nothing was going to happen and it was all nothing. In fact, even after the battle, I, I'm not sure if it was uh, Lee, said, I don't even know if this battle matters. Sure enough, it was the battle that kicked off the civil war. Abraham Lincoln wasn't even president when the first, I, be- I believe, seven states seceded. Then he comes in and he says, I do not recognize secession. The southern states said, too late. We seceded before you were even president. Then he comes in and says, we're taking these military bases. Fighting breaks out. A whole bunch of other states are like, you've lost the plot attacking states. We are out as well. Nobody believed a state could do it until it until it happened. So you, you, I, I take a look at polls like this, and I take a look at numerous um, uh, advancements towards seceding from at least uh, counties or cities. We've got Oregon. A bunch of these districts in the in the east of Oregon want to secede from the state to join the greater state of Jefferson or North Carolina wants to secede to join the state of Jefferson to create a new state. The sentiment is there. And all that it takes for the sentiment to become reality is a lack of confidence in the system. In the first civil war, the issue was 
the nor- one of the issues was the North was not following federal law, particularly the Fugitive Slave Act. The South said, if we have a pact and we all agree Congress, that's the law and you have to follow it, and these states do not follow it and the federal government doesn't enforce it, then there clearly is no pact. We're out. Because it's, you know, in their perspective, it was just, well, they already decided that the, that the federal government wasn't standing, so we have no point in being a part of this union. It's entirely possible that we see the same thing this time around. That it may seem unthinkable until it just happens yeah, gradually, w- then suddenly. The, I'm not saying that it can't shatter because the U.S. could fall apart and shatter, but it wouldn't look like that. It wouldn't be like six nice cut neatly parts. It'd be like, do you want to board your windows up and hope that the Air Force doesn't strike tonight kind of thing? And no yeah. one wants that. But but these people don't get that. And, and, and I know that because we've had people say peaceful divorce over and over again. And what I tell them, you know, Luke talked about peaceful divorce uh, early on. Michael Malice has. And I say that's what the first civil war was for the first few months. It was a bunch of states saying we hereby decree. Have a nice day. And that was it until the issue of weapons came up. And then Abraham Lincoln, the union said those military bases are ours and we want them. And the southern states were like, well, you're no longer welcome here. And then they fought. And that led to a greater fight. Now, on the north side, you had a whole bunch of people who were ideologically driven who absolutely were like, now's the time to shut down slavery. And I think that was correct. So, I, I, But, you know, I bring this up just to say when two di- different groups feel the law is not being upheld and that the social contract is already shattered, it's not an issue of them declaring secession. It's an issue of them saying, you already seceded. Let me give you, if I may, a micro example. Uh, I advocate almost every day of, on my radio show that uh, in, the, in the great majority of instances, parents should take their kids out of school and homeschool them or find one of the rare decent schools for their kids, a school that will not uh, rob their children of sexual innocence at the age of five, a school that will not teach them the lie that America was founded in 1619 and other terrible lies and calumnies about America. So uh, that that is secession. I'm asking parents to secede from the public school system and and the private school system. So, so uh, yeah, I think w- if you do it, w- we 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 have an, an, an irreparable divide. I, I say this with great sadness. But we always I, have I religion, all these different fractured cultures and religions. That was the not idea. Been it's not been this bad. Um, it's definitely I mean, exposed. No, no, this right is now. new. This is new. Just like the war on free speech. That to me, that's all you need to know. That forty-five uh, percent uh, of college students uh, say that they are. For free speech, but not for free speech for hate speech. That's the end of free speech. That you keep saying about not thinking clearly, that's a perfect example. Exactly. The whole point of free speech is that it allows speech you think is hate speech. Otherwise, well, you wouldn't need the concept no, that's of free exactly. speech. Exactly. What is it? Free speech for love speech? Are you an idiot? And yes, they are. <laughs> They're idiots. And they were rendered idiots because they, at 10, they understood the concept of free speech for any speech. Here's, but if they went to college, they don't. Here's my proposed scenario, which I'm not saying is probable. I'm just saying potential. Or, or you know, maybe it's not even – maybe it's a very, very micro possibility. I'm just saying here's something I see as a possible path towards civil war. They keep dancing around Roe v. Wade, Roe and Casey getting overturned. We had last night scuttlebutt coming out of the D.C., uh, you know, staffers and journalists saying that the decision was coming today. And then it didn't. Now they're like, Mm-mm, maybe next week, you know, we'll see. And it seems to me that they're really just trying to shock everyone and then pull it back to try and desensitize them. But anyway, I digress. Here's my potential scenario. Roe Ro and Casey are overturned. 
Abortion goes back to the states. Instantly, uh, uh, was it a dozen states have trigger laws. Abortion becomes illegal overnight. Blue states double down and say abortion to the point of birth, which we already see in Colorado and was attempted in Virginia. There are, I think, a couple other states that have completely unrestricted abortion, which means a baby at nine months gestation, which could survive on its own, is killed and removed from the woman. I then think we're going to look at a red wave in November. And we've already had, uh, you know, Jamal Bowman say that if, oh, you know, civil war is on, at stake if, if we don't win this one. And there are people who are saying that the country can't exist at the midterms. It's over. It's civil war. So let's say Republicans get in. You know, talking to uh, actually, let me ask you this, Dennis. You're are you, you're pro life. Yeah, I I I believe in compromising for the sake of the greater good, so that if if a if we could have it, the second two thirds of the of pregnancy, if we could make exceptions in rape and abortion, uh, rape and rape and incest, fully understanding, I believe that it is a human life. Would Would you support a nationwide ban on elective abortion? A nationwide ban on elective abortion, meaning no no reason given. I I know I fully understand that At, throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. In other words, Start- e- even from conception, yes. uh, and even including rape and incest, I would not support that law I, I because the greater good for the country would would I think militate against it. I don't, I don't know about uh, I think in the issue of rape and incest, but. Uh, that would be well, attempted. so that it wouldn't be across the board. Well, so I think I, I think Oklahoma uh, was it Oklahoma or it may have been Texas. I'm not sure. Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Yeah. They say no elective abortions, yes. rape, incest, health of the mother and the baby are reasons for abortion. Right. But would would you agree with that? What Oklahoma is doing, or, or no? You think there's got to uh, be? Some... I think it should be decided on not a national level. I think it should be decided on a state level. So. My, I, I think, you know, that's what people pushed back on me when I pre- presented this scenario. A lot of Republicans said, no, no, because we believe in the state level. So my, my potential is, you know, at, talking with Seamus, for instance, who's a Catholic conservative, I said, would you support a nationwide ban on abortion? He said, absolutely. And so let's just say, hypothetically, the chances are very, very slim. Republicans decide we are going to push for a nationwide ban on elective abortion. Or at the very least, they say something like no abortion after 12 weeks. We're going to use the European standard. The left loses it and says, absolutely not. You then end up with it passing. I'll put it this way. The House and the Senate are Republican. They pass the bill. Biden vetoes it. They do not have a veto-proof majority or they can't get past a filibuster. Come 2024, Donald Trump says, the first thing I'll do when elected is sign the bill. And then he, he gets he gets elected. Day one, he signs the bill, sends it out. Boom. Nationwide. No abortions after 12 weeks. The left says, we don't care. We're going to do it anyway. Blue states begin carrying on as if it's not, uh, you know, not an issue. The, the the issue I see there then is it becomes very similar to the issue of slavery. One state saying we deny personhood, everyone else saying we grant personhood. In this instance, you have conservatives who believe that life begins at conception and the fetus is a person deserving of rights. And you have the left that says they're not and they don't. So I, I suppose what I see there is a very similar situation which could ignite a civil war. Blue states saying we will not follow federal law. Red states saying if you're not following the law, then how do we have a union? Blue states saying we are going to do this anyway. And then red states saying, or, or at least at the federal level, we're going to stop you from breaking the law. I suppose where it really gets dark is in, um, I think it may have been Louisiana. They attempted to codify abortion as homicide. Right. Was it Was it Louisiana? One of these states. If that were the well, case, well, ironically, it is homicide. Well, but unless the the woman wants to kill it, 
which is part of the the moral inconsistency of the pro-choice community. It is homicide. So let me entertain this uh, legal conundrum. If there was a a man, uh, a white man, who kidnapped a black man and had him in chains and was demanding he work for him and, and be a slave or something... You try to intervene and say, release this man. I'm going to save him. I'm intervening. If that crazed guy attacks you and you, in defense of this other man, kill him, you're acting in the defense of others. It's an affirmative defense as, as it pertains to the taking of a person's life. What my concern is, if we do see the codification of abortion as a homicide, as a criminal act akin to any other murder, then could a person not defend the life of the child against the abortion provider. If well, that is the reason when you asked me, do I want a national law banning all abortions? And I, and I had hesitation, even though I am pro-life, is that I think that the pro-life community as well needs, needs to be honest in confronting the fact that we don't see it as identical to murder. I, I've never called it murder. I've always called it homicide. I've always called it immoral, but I've never called it murder. Uh, and uh, it, be, it becomes murder, I would say, by, by the third trimester. I think it does become murder. I, I think there's a graduated el- element of sin or evil uh, in the, in the abortion world. But I have, I asked when I began radio this question, if it's murder, why don't you kill abortion doctors? If next door to you and they don't. was was a was a concentration camp killing Jews, you would feel morally obligated to murder the commandant of the camp. You, you made a comment about the greater good. Uh, we we got to go to the, super chats. Yeah, I was we're just way late. To show that, that, we're way late. We'll, do, we'll get in the after show. Sorry, sorry, man. Uh, but we're eight minutes late. We're gonna go to super oh, chats. Wow. Yeah, Smash really the late. like button. Subscribe to the channel. Share the show. Head over to timcast.com. We've got a lot more conversation to be have uh, to be had. Obviously, it's getting a little spicy, so we'll move this over to uh, the, the the website members only show over at timcast.com. But for now, we'll, we'll try and get as many super chances, uh, super chats, super chances, super chats <laughs> in right now. Moonphaser says, will Tim fight in the Civil War? Oh man, I do not want to be involved in that, and neither do you. I have been on the streets of urban conflict that was dr- gradually, gr- actually, no, I've, I've been in a, I, I don't know, I've been in a revolution before. Not fun. I mean, there's a certain element that's exciting to it, but you do not want to live that way. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it is scary stuff. War is hell on earth. Yep. All right. Matt Nill says, Tim and Dennis, I never thought I'd see you in the same room, but it makes my heart warm. Dennis, I met you in Orlando, Florida. At the Holy Land experience a few years ago, you said my beard made me look like Smith Bros. cough drops. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that guy. Do you know Smith Brothers Rose Drops? No. I didn't think so. Okay, fine. Is it an older thing? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. It's worth looking up on the internet. Smith Brothers cough drops. Look at the, the little box. Smacky Frog says, hey, Tim, what pillow were you sleeping on when your back was injured? My pillow or our pillow? Oh. Need to know for science. I, it was some weird foam <laughs> dense. I hate foam pillows. I hate memory foam. It's awful. And it's like my shoulder back. It's like a combination of my shoulder and back. I strained a muscle really bad. So it's you know, just taking yeah. taking naproxen like create a leave and it's not good for your stomach. I'm looking at the dude's beard from Smith Brothers. That's hot. Solid. Yeah, good. <laughs> 
All right. John Harrison says, time to see if Ian is enough of a ma- mad lad to start an anti-Christianity rant with Prager looking him in the eye. Oh, I was My money ask- is on no. Okay, <laughs> I'll take this as an opportunity to ask you, who do you like better, Jesus or Moses? Well, I, I, I'm a believing Jew. It's, it, it's unfair to Christians for me to, to answer it because obviously if I, if I thought Jesus had a better message, I'd be a Christian. So I, I have great admiration for Jesus. Uh, I am probably the, the biggest non-Christian defender of Christianity in America. I think I brought more people back to their Christian church than, than almost any Christian living, uh, to be honest. And I'm proud of that fact, but I'm a believing Jew, not a believing Christian. I should point out, I love the idea of Christianity being the anointed one living like Christ, but I'm not into the authoritarian nature of church, of the organization of it. Maybe we can talk about that at some point. Well, yeah, there, there, look, religion can't be a democracy. You don't, you don't vote on the Ten Commandments. It's just like the old Jewish joke. Moses comes down, for those who don't know their Bible, he came down twice. He came down with the Ten Commandments. The first time he saw uh, the Israelites right. worshiping the golden calf and having an orgy, and uh, he smashes them. Yes. Comes down the second time, and he announces, Israelites, I have good news and bad news. I got him down to ten. <laughs> the, the bad news, adultery stays. So uh if people had to have vote on on adultery they'd have they'd have voted to to get rid of it. <laughs> so there has to be an authoritarian element God is the ultimate authority. Whether the 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 institution can be authoritarian, I'm not for that. That I agree with. I am not for a theocracy if that in in the sense that a religious government like in Iran can tell you what to do religiously. Have you ever All right, let's heard let's from let's, God? Re- let's read some more. Yes, every time I read the Bible, I hear from God, but I have never directly heard from God. All right, we got Fox Tashikato says, hey, Tim and crew, how is it that the left woke mob that is pretty small group and really on on here in the U.S. has the most power? Do you think this is backed by big tech and social media or something else? What do you think? How does the left have so much power considering they're actually a small group of people? It's irrelevant. The uh, I- I- Again, this is where, unfortunately, my, my studies in communism worked. So the name for the communists in Russia was Bolsheviks. Bolsheviks means uh, majority Nicks, mm. majority group. They were the minority group, but they called themselves the majority group. Uh, the Nazis were only one-third of the, of the vote in, in Germany in 1932, and they took over. You, you, you don't need, and I'm not saying that the left are Nazis, I'm just showing you that... that you don't need to be a majority to take over a country. I thought you made an interesting point. You need point. to be ruthless. You made a good point about um, banning free speech and just the curtailing. And I'm thinking about algorithmic uh, shadow banning where people don't know that they're being slowed down on the network. Like if you were in a room speaking to a thousand people and you didn't know that they weren't hearing you and you were just talking and you thought they were hearing you, that would be unconscionable for the event that put it on. They would be slandered right. in the media for doing that to you. But on Twitter, if they've deranked right. your account, yes. they can decide. Facebook that has done that to Prager you. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Let's read this one. We got Lord Blueberry says they laughed at Dennis when he said leftists claimed men could menstruate. Bill Maher owes him an apology. Mm-hmm. Has Bill has Bill uh, called uh, you? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, it's the last thing on my mind. I would like to go back on his show, and I won't even... I won't. Look, I'm no, so you gotta, happy you, you that gotta I'll give him a look. You got to be like, I, I'll, I'll give him a look. Fine, <laughs> uh, and I will say, I will say, Tim Pool told me to give you a look, and and, and everybody, everybody <laughs> will then be happy. Uh, I, I, um, I expect so little 
uh, from leftists, I expect nothing. From liberals, which I think consider Bill Maher, there is so lack of so much a lack of courage among liberals mm. that when there is a courageous liberal, I don't want to give him a hard time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. You know, it is what it is. I suppose. I just wish Bill Maher would read the news. It, the more they know, the more they're on our side. I, I it just that's that's the way it works. Yeah. That's the issue for me. I mean, fifty-one heads of of national intelligence agencies in this country said that the the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Fifty-one. I don't know of an exception among the heads of all intelligence in the United States. It's corrupt beyond words. This is new in America. I grew up with such a veneration of this country and its institutions. It's actually, in some ways, it's worse for you you who are younger than me, and it's worse for me, because I see what happened. When I was a kid, Superman was was uh, uh, truth, justice, and the American way. Now Superman is no longer an American. Did you know that? Yeah. He in stood America. in front of the UN and he, and he announced, I, 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 give, I give up my American citizenship. He, uh, he is no longer truth, justice, and the American way. It is now truth, justice, and the better way. He's not an American anymore, Superman. I grew up in a country where, where you, you visited the graves of the fallen on Memorial Day. I, I mean, it, it's, it, I grew up in a different country. These institutions did it to themselves to be, you know, I mean, yes. it, it started with the war machine. The, the lies, manipulation, WMDs, Iraq, all of this stuff, that disillusioned my generation, or at least I can speak for me and where I grew up, how we felt about it. Now it's even worse. Let's read this here. We got Daniel Maxwell says there's nothing in the U.S. Constitution that says this country is a democracy. But Article 4, Section 4 does say the U.S. government is obligated to guarantee to the states a uh, Republican form of government. Well, they wrote replican, but I think they meant Republican because replicants are something else. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, that's from... Uh, it's an important distinction. When we were not founded to be a democracy, we're founded to be a republic. Yeah, that's why there's a, a electoral college. That's why there's a senate. Neither is democratic. And it's and that's why you have this multicultural democracy among the left, where they keep saying our democracy is being threatened. They're not wrong. They are trying to create a democracy within a constitutional republic and subvert it. And they are threatened by people who believe in a constitution. You see people charging to Macy's the other day. There's a huge crowd, hundreds of people in the mall. Talk about a democracy in action. That's the mob. They want to yeah. coordinate and seize no, power. Macy's, 51%. Uh, Macy's is okay with it. But that was an, well, maybe, but that was an example of people on a Facebook maybe. group deciding democratically. You tell me it, when Macy's comes out and complains about it, I will believe that Macy's cares. No, Macy's won't what say What happened anything. at Macy's? I 100% day sale. It was a big, huge group of like 100 or plus people just charging yeah. to Macy's to rob the place just, all at once. They all run, it's, it, it's called a, a raid. And they all run in and just grab everything. Wait a minute. Macy's is okay with that? Well, I haven't seen an ha- official have you heard, statement. Have you heard them complain or issue a statement? Oh, they're probably afraid to complain. Well, I, you know... They, I, they I, may I'm, be called racist if, if, maybe. If, if, in fact, I don't know who did it, but if, in fact, it was largely one race, in this case, blacks... I think it was. Th- that, but, then then it would be uh, it would be declared racist by... I'm just... Macy's, I'm, they're cowards. The the, yeah. the left... The, do you, do you, th- this is my theory. Do you know why uh, Disney said what it did uh, about, we won't, won't say boys and girls anymore, or, or, or all of that stuff? This is protection money. Yeah. It's a racket. You paid the mafia, if you were a small business in, in New York, you paid the mafia to, to protect you. You pay the left to protect you. That, that, that is what it is about. These, these corporate leaders are not leftists. They're cowards. 
All right, let's read some more. Andrew Lance says, Dennis, thank you. The Rational Bible, Exodus, and your five-minute videos were uniquely responsible for turning my life around and returning to my Catholic faith four and a half years ago. Now I'm happily married with a baby on the way. Thank you so much. That makes my day. That's awesome. That, that's right. So I just want to say I, I'm very bad at self-promotion, but nobody writes a Bible commentary to get wealthy. But if if every one of your, if, no, if a tenth of your listeners read any of my Rational Bible volumes, it would enhance their life tremendously. I, I, I'm not here to make you Christian or Jewish or anything else. Just take God and that book seriously. Richard Knight says, I came home two years ago excited to tell my Christian mother about this amazing man, Dennis Prager, I had heard on the radio. Quote, oh, my favorite Jew, she exclaimed. God bless all you and everything oh, so you do I for always correct. I always correct Christians who say I'm their favorite Jew. I'm their second favorite Jew. That's right. Jesus, oh, Jesus right. was their first favorite. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. That's so wild that he was a Jew. Have you ever heard the... A religious Jew. As I, I There was a bumper sticker in Greenwich Village when I grew up in New York, and it said, Jesus grew up in a kosher home. I heard this. I don't want to... I want to... Like the Super Chats, but I heard this this theory that the Roman, like the papacy, or these, these Romans oligarchs basically created Christianity to disempower the Jews in like no, 80, I don't, I don't, 80 no, AD or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't think that's true. That'd be freakish. Yeah. All right. There are a lot of bad things done to Jews, but I I don't think the Romans were in cahoots (laughs) to do it. Anthony Green says to Dennis Prager, can a Gentile truly convert to Judaism? Can a Gentile, yeah. Gentile. Yeah. As much as I deeply respect Judaism, my opinion is I cannot elect myself into the chosen people. My God. uh, Both Judaism and Christianity hold that the Messiah will come from Ruth. Ruth was a convert to Judaism. The... uh, some of the greatest Jews who ever lived were converts to Judaism. I, I don't know why he believes that, but I just want him to know he's more than welcome to become a Jew. All right. Flufferboy says, I live 15 minutes away from Fergustan. Hands up, don't shoot was a lie. Also, our landfill is on fire and has illegally buried nuclear waste from the Manhattan Project. May you live in interesting times. Mm. Wow, is that true? That's crazy. All right. Soleil Cucumber, Lime, Soleil Cucumber Lime says, leftist signs is rooted in humiliation, not truth, justice, reason, logic, or morality. I agree. All right. Tubin's task manager says, Genesis 18, please read numbers from 50 to 10, not down to one, just a minor correction. I just wanted to have it correct for the future. Oh, was there a- I thought you said 10. I don't think you said one. Yeah, the argument, by the way, it's this very important thing for people to understand. I think you'll find this fascinating. The The name for the Jewish people in the Bible is Israel. Israel means, and it's it's in Hebrew, and it's said so in the Bible. The name Israel means struggle with God, fight with God. And it began with the first Jew, Abraham, fighting with God over Sodom and Gomorrah. So I, I to the great credit of the biggest atheist group in America, about Fifteen years ago, they invited me to debate their head about God's existence. I think it's Atheist United, but I'm not sure if that was the group. Anyway, the biggest atheist group, to their credit, invited me to debate. And it was a wonderful debate. I looked at the audience, all of whom were atheists, and I said, raise your hand if you ever uh, doubt your atheism. Like you see a baby born and you go, wow, maybe there really is a God. It's like a miracle. Not one hand went up. And then I looked at them and I said, 
Uh, whenever I speak to religious groups and I say, raise your hand if you have ever doubted God, every hand goes up. You think we're the ones who don't struggle and don't doubt and don't question. You're the ones who don't doubt and don't struggle and don't question. Projection. All right. Satan's Reject says, Tim, I just listened to Will of the People by Muse, and I must say it's terrible. <laughs> Will of the People by Timcast for Life. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so I wrote a song uh, and published it called Will of the People just before the election in 2020, and it's part of a bigger project we're doing. So we're planning on having an album out probably in August. We got a billboard in Times Square for the song now, showing the art. It's a it's a really great depiction, and uh, we're doing a you know a big ad push because we're going to be releasing the Will of the People album. Muse also released a very similar uh, concept with a similar color scheme and theme of people wearing masks and pulling down statues. And I was like, wow, that's really a whole lot like lit- what we did. And, you know, but uh, it is what it is, I suppose. So if you want, check out Will of the People on YouTube, the song that we published. We've got a couple songs. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of songs that are like nearly done. And we might have maybe even 10 songs by August for a full album. We'll see. We might just do an EP, but that's coming out and we're going to do a big ad thing. And uh, Will of the People by Tim Cast showing people in masks pulling down statues is in Times Square right now. I got to shout out Chicken City, one of the Tim Cast channels where the chickens hang out. I heard him singing Old MacDonald Had a Farm, The Rooster. Ah, 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 ah. Literally, over and over. I clipped it. It's on my Twitter. Go listen to it. I'm thinking <laughs> <He> a farmer <laughs> heard a rooster sing it and was like, I'm making that into a song. No. Na, uh, na, 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 na. You know, they did the EIO part. Ian, are you speaking to chickens Dude, again? watch my Twitter. It is mind-blowing. He, does it, he did it like eight times. He did it a couple days ago, too. It's one of the new roosters. By the way, you did that well. I'm not joking. And I, I went flat on the last note. He doesn't go flat. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's read some more. By the way, uh, so you, you have a billboard up at Times Square? Yeah, we have two. So, and you're, and you're one of the uh, figures on it? Yes, I'm on two of them. And Wh- then. Luke, what do your parents think? Uh, I guess they're happy. You're not sure? I'm assuming they're happy. I don't know. I was just curious. I didn't, I, you know, I, I let them. Do, you, do your parents share your views? Uh, uh, I don't know. I think my mom does. Yeah. Just curious. I, I, it's interesting family. My my dad was more conservative. My mom was more liberal growing up. And they, like I think that, I think my my dad voted for Bush. My mom voted for Gore. Something like that. I think they both voted for Ross Perot though in the nineties. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know entirely. I don't talk enough about it. Okay. But um, I'm pretty sure my mom. I sent her like, hey, look, the billboards up, and she was like, great. She sends me like a, a heart emoji or something. I don't know what 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 did what did what did your mom say, Luke? Luke's she, up there. Yeah, she was pretty happy. She was like, "This is cool." Um, she was she was proud. She was like, "I'm proud." Where do they live? Good. Um, I don't want to uh, release that for security reasons. Uh huh. But so uh, they, they don't live in New York. I take it. Maybe. Okay. Uh, maybe. <laughs> all right. All right. Fine. Fair enough. You know, we 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 also got uh, billboards that just me on it in Chicago, and we're looking at doing a bunch of other uh, ad runs. So. So I want to put up a PragerU billboard. In this case, not not about me, but I, I, you know, all these God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. Uh, I, I don't think that that's a critical message. Uh, maybe to some it is, and I honor that. Uh, I would love to put up some billboards and see what happens. God judges you. Yeah, it does. Huh? It it does judge you. That's part of the guilt that people are feeling and the insanity that they feel when they're not connected to it because it's telling you what to do. You know what you're supposed right. to do. Oh, it, 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 I can't think of one message that would tick more people off than God judges you. 
Let's read some more here. We got Vetcan who says, I heard a story about the origin of Polish jokes. When they were forced to manufacture weapons for the Germans, they made them faulty on purpose, but played it off so the Germans just thought they were dumb. Big fan, Dennis. Interesting. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Charbizard says, yo, Tim, former Louisiana fry cook here. Let's open up Tim Cast tenders together. I got confidence in my frying skills. You won't be disappointed. I don't know if we're actually going to open a Tim Filet thing. You know, If you do, make sure you fry the French fries in fresh oil and not the oil that's recycled from the chicken because that makes them kind of floppy. Well, well you know, don't use any kind of vegetable or seed oils at all. Lard? Yes. We used to use lard yes. at Hoppy's. Yes. Natural yeah. butter lard. All right. Crystal Max says, Hi, Dennis. My 14-year-old son has been watching the PragerU five-minute episodes during his summer break. He is learning so much. He is going into high school, and he definitely will have an advantage. May I just say in that regard, I believe this. I would happily be placed on a lie detector. If your child, except for STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, watch the 500 five-minute videos at PragerU, they would learn far, far more than at Princeton or any other college in this country. Hmm. All right. Not my regret says, I see your take regarding monotheistic religions, just Christianity and the belief in a singular God being our creator and determinator of the afterlife. But what is your view on religious religions like Buddhism, where there is a belief in the cycle of reincarnation and karma? I, I have great... I have great respect for Buddhism. There is a Buddhist theory that was told to me by my Buddhist professor in England that changed my life about all suffering coming from expectations that are not fulfilled. And in my book on happiness, I have a whole chapter on not having expectations, and I give Buddhism credit. I, 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 however, obviously Buddhism doesn't have a transcendental uh, God, a transcendent God. I think that's an issue. Uh, and, and they, they, uh, they do make peace with 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 suffering more than I think people should. All right, D stuff says, Mister Prager, what is your view of Calvinism and predestination? And all human actions were predestined by God to occur, including sin and salvation. And there's nothing we can do to change it. Big fan of you and Timcast. Great mashup. God bless. I believe in free will, and and that would seem to undermine the belief that there's free will. Why could God punish us? If he, if he ordained what we would do. What, what do you think about Calvinism though? Well, that's it. That's predestination. Mm. So I, I, uh, look, a lot of people are better than their theologies and a lot of people are worse than their theologies. <laughs> In this case, I would say that Calvinists are better than their theologies. I've been thinking lately that it's both free will and determinism, depending on your state of mind. If you choose to live in a flow state that you're functioning with free will, but if you just kind of, fall into it, you just are along for the ride. Well, right now, the biggest underminer of free will is the left. Oh, this, this guy, he committed a crime because of racism and sexism or, 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 uh, uh, or poverty. People are not responsible for the bad that they do, except for white Christian straight males. They're responsible for, for all problems. But everybody else is not responsible. The great underminer of free will is the left. Jellycat says, Dennis, I've been following you for years as long as I followed Tim. Tell this room of largely unmarried without children to start practicing what you preach. They'll be, they'll be more credible. I, I did. I, I, I made a strong case for getting yeah, married, I'm guys inspired. and lady. I did. I, uh, <laughs> She's married. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. It. So you have to keep telling them. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> All right. What do we got? 
Stephen Hartman says nuclear power powers one fifth of homes in the U.S. We produce very little U-308 and UF-6 enriched U-308. We source huge amounts from Russia currently who produces 40% of the world's enriched uranium. Why are we not using this carbon-free energy? Shout out to Sput. It's about control. That was the argument that we offered. Why, Why is there nuclear power would be a rare example of 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 left and right agreeing on something. What if we just had like little nuclear reactors in our basement and every house had its own power? Like nuclear glass? Be, it would be very little because tiny, nuclear tiny. reactors are not gigantic and right. look at how much they power. Yeah. You'd have this tiny little thing boiling water or something and then spinning a turbine. It's like, oh, you got you to pour water back in the in the tank. Keep it going. I read a story once of a scuba diver got sucked into an intake valve into a nuclear plant. Totally fine. Because the radiation doesn't permeate the water. So they were just swimming and they'd be rescued. Oh, that's fascinating. People think they're extremely dangerous. I'll tell you with uh, like uh, Fukushima. Nobody died. But you N- get a, not from radiation anyway. Well, they got a big spill. It's bad. But that's a natural disaster that no one planned for. Right. Well, a, 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 it was an older reactor and it was a tsunami uh, on the coast. I mean, it's the worst. It's an earthquake. Po- it, 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 it's nothing to be learned from it. It, it. It's very safe nuclear power. Well, the modern technologies and developments have become much, much better. Right. All right. Wimplow says, Mr. Prager, will you read something from the Yellow Pages? I think they're saying they like the sound of your voice. Oh, that's funny. How do you guys even know what the Yellow Pages is? Oh, yes. Of course. We're not that young. I'm born in 79. I had the 80s all that old. Hot action, yeah. (laughs) We had Yellow Pages growing up. I used to memorize phone numbers. You want to hear my Yellow Pages story? Do we have a minute? Yeah. Uh, This is priceless. So, uh, nobody in my family knew how to play an instrument or could read music. I refused to do homework. My mother and father sit me down in the kitchen. I'm in eighth grade. And they go, so what are you going to do? We don't let you watch uh, more than an hour of television. You won't do any homework. What are you going to do the rest of the time? So one of us said, I don't remember, maybe I'll, I'll study a musical instrument. They said, great. All right, which one? I didn't even know names of musical instruments. So my mother says, all right, let's look in the yellow pages. Number one, accordion. And that's how I learned the accordion. There you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Top billing. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show, and head over to TimCast.com. If you sign up there, at about 11 p.m., we're going to be publishing the members-only after-hours show. We'll talk a bit more about these issues that were getting a little spicy. So we'll have that up for you. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. Follow us on Instagram. We post clips every day. You can follow me at TimCast. And if you haven't, Search for Will of the People by Timcast on YouTube and check out the song we did. Because I know a lot of people haven't actually heard it, but it's actually a short film and it's a political statement. So you might find it very interesting if you pay attention to it. Check that out. We got more music on the way and we're actually going to be producing a few music music videos for the album release, which will be in mid to late August. Uh, Dennis, do you want to shout anything out? Yes, thank you for the opportunity. So I do a, a weekly a fireside chat for PragerU and I think uh, your your listeners would love it. I do a, a weekly podcast with this young woman, Julie. It's called Dennis and Julie. It's easily found. And, of course, there's all the work that PragerU is putting out. We're trying to make the case for, as corny as it sounds, truth and goodness in a very sophisticated way. What about your books? Where can they get those? Well, that's easily found on Amazon, any 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 of my books. Uh, I have a book that explains America and the left. It's called Still the Best Hope. 
I have a book on happiness, and I have three volumes of my Bible commentary, two more to go. By the way, this is my claim to fame. Well, not my only, but a big one. Costco has ordered 25,000 copies of my next volume, wow. Deuteronomy. Oh, wow. And as I always say, and it's not meant to belittle Costco, I don't know if anyone at Costco can spell Deuteronomy. <laughs> so the fact that they ordered it... I don't think I can. That's yeah, great. no, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I don't think many Americans can. It's the fifth of the five, first five books of my commentary. Anyway, uh, it, it's meant to change people's lives for the better. Cool. Hillary Clinton is uh, pretty popular at Costco from uh, the last that I've seen. Is that true? Uh, yes, yes. She, she was doing a book signing at oh, Costco, and um, that's the la- latest video that we saw from her. But I have a YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash we are change. I just did a very interesting video on the billionaire fight between Bill Gates and Elon Musk. That perspective and what's really happening and population control, all of that is being discussed on youtube.com forward slash we are change. Hope to join you there for the conversation after this. I had a bit of a crisis while we were talking earlier about Jesus because the guy basically was a Jew and a devout Jew and spoke a lot about Judaism but now the people that worship the guy aren't well then duh you would be Jew you would also be like him like a Jew like why what the hell is going on let's save that for the members only show that's a that's a big question I love you guys we'll see you there I'm so fascinated to have Dennis Prager here this evening because I have been eyeballing his rational Bible and we've been going, we went to a Quaker meeting, we go to a Baptist church sometimes, we go to a Presbyterian church sometimes, and we've been bringing our coworkers with us. It's been great. It's really been an adventure since I've gotten married, so we are really excited to buy the rational Bible. I'm really thrilled that Deuteronomy is coming out because that is a book that is deeply misunderstood by modern people. Oh, God is so judgmental. How could he possibly make all these rules? How could he say all these horrible, violent things? The God of the Old Testament is so clearly different from the God of the New Testament. So I'm really looking forward to that coming Thank out. Thank you. Good. When is, when is that due? October. Awesome. Very cool. Okay, we're going to get all those lined up. Anyway, I am Sarah It Padgett. could be pre-ordered. Oh, cool. I'm going to do that then right after we're done here. And I also asked Julie to come on the show with us or told her to hit me up and see if we can get her involved talking to us, your co-host. Anyway. I am Sarah Patch Lids. You can follow me there on Twitter at Minds.com as well as SarahPatchLids.me. We will see all of you over at TimCast.com. But if you want to help us out and you're interested in the cultural stuff we're developing, check out YouTube.com slash CastCastle. The last two episodes, we have, we're have we leaning heavily into the uh, scripted production we're doing on, on the vlog. This is always the goal to get to the point where we're, we're, we're basically trying to create like a comedy version of what we do here. And so we had Jamie Kilstein, who's hilarious. We had him on the show a couple times. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be helping with producing and writing sketches and doing jokes at the Cast Castle because we want to build culture. And also, again, search for Will of the People by Tim Cast. It's a short film, about four minutes long, and a song that I wrote that uh, is very, very politically minded. And you might you might enjoy it or you might not. Comment on the video. Let me know what you think. And if you really want to help and you do like it, share it. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.